Welcome to and Almost Starring, the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And we literally had to pause the movie so we could order Italian food. It's The Godfather. <laughs> for better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Jo, how are you doing today? I'm well. That's the truest thing that can be said about this experience is we made the mistake of not having eaten directly before beginning this. And that first half, you're like, I, mean, I could eat that. And you got this whole Ooh. wedding with all this wine, all this delicious food. A cake the size of that a cake. human giant. <laughs> I love that we first meet the baker, the person that baked the yes. cake and like where he gets, you know, he's asking like the favor of Don right. Corleone. And then we see the cake and you're like, oh. I get it. Well, you see the cake I made for your your daughter. Right. We, we, Issa, ooh. <laughs> we we made it until Clemenza was uh, showing Michael how to how to like make the sauce. When he was talking about frying up garlic, and this, I was like, I my am going to lose my mind if <laughs> it was I do. Elevating. It was like ten o'clock at night. We're like, quick, <laughs> who's still delivering? <laughs> And listener, we had success. We found it. We got it. And we didn't. We refused to restart we, the movie. No, until I, I could not. I was too. It, I was too hungry. That's all I was thinking about. And I was like, I want to think about this excellent <laughs> film, and not the fact that. Ah, oh, gee, I really wish I had some ravioli. Uh, you know. Yeah, you got some ravioli. I got. I got a nice gnocchi. Oh, so yeah. good. So good. It uh, <laughs> hit the spot and allowed us to continue watching this great film. Uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a conundrum where I was like, I don't think I can. I literally do not think I can go on. I cannot, I cannot focus on when the rest of this I film. first saw Chocolat, I, I watched it like at my parents house on like a winter break or something. I didn't see it in theaters. And I in that one, too, was like, I think I could pause this went downstairs and made myself. I kid you not like a tray full <laughs> of like chocolate feastiness and i'm someone who likes chocolate but i'm not like a chocolate Mm -hmm. fiend but i was like Mm -hmm. all right i gotta get um i'm gonna get some hot chocolate but i'm gonna melt some peanut butter in the bottom of it so i'll have a nice peanut butter chocolate i'm gonna get like this uh, ice cream this that i like i made a whole tray and i was like all right this should do it and i went back upstairs to finish the movie i mean it just makes sense it's the same thing like don't go grocery shopping on an an empty stomach you don't don't watch a film with like great Food. And Godfather, it's not even like that's what Godfather is known for, you know, but it, but it's it like, just so not, it's they're always drinking wine or they yeah. got, you know, they're like, yeah. they're always this like, you know, cause it's like food and, and, and drink is so much a part of like Italian culture and like how things are done. And so it's like, oh yeah, of course it's like. Glass of wine and some Italian food, which should be nice when hey, watching this great movie, oh. you know? You know? Uh, yeah. So this is our second week of Oscars month. We had my cousin Vinny last week. So we are keeping the ball rolling with films featuring at least one Academy Award winning performance in honor of the Oscars. Uh, so remember, listener, to subscribe uh, if you want to be seen, because we got a few more films coming up down the pipeline. Uh, really fun month lined up. So make sure you subscribe. So you're getting these episodes dropping in your feet bada as bing, soon bada as bada they're ready. Boom. Bada bing, bada Don't boom. worry about Forget about oh it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, if you subscribe, you can, in fact, <laughs> forget about it. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, subscribe so you can forget about it. Uh, the Godfather is a crime drama that came out on March 24th, 1972, and was directed by Francis Ford Coppola and written by Francis Ford Coppola and Mario Puzo, who also wrote the book, of course. Uh, Amy Jo, what's your experience with The Godfather? Had you seen it before? I had, but not for a long time. Mm. I... This is the Godfather I've seen the most. I think I've only seen two once, and I've certainly only seen three once. But um, I I watched this film, I want to say, a fair amount in, like, high school, college. But then I don't know if I've seen it since college. Um, so it was one of those things where I remembered a lot of the set pieces, but not necessarily right. a ton of the stuff, like, all the nitty-gritty. And I certainly didn't remember, I don't know, some of these, like, incredible shots and the lighting and the way that a lot of uh the storytelling was so layered like i was like oh right this is the sequence where bah, 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 you know um so it was really exciting to get to come back to it i, I would like, see you oh. start to tense up when you'd realize oh, you're like, I oh knew- sonny's driving towards a toll oh no 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 i saw no 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 i saw that like that toll booth and i was like okay all right all right okay got it. okay that's now that's now so it was a lot of that like oh that's where this happens is now um so i had to prepare <laughs> the future is here the future is now so um but yeah it was thrilling to get to rewatch it and go like oh wow like to just also see performances by actors that i now know their work a lot better or just i, I come to it with more context because i as an actor have developed a lot mercifully since college so like i have a lot of a different appreciation for what mm. they're doing and and the direction and the writing it's yeah. so Good. It is long, but you don't mind it because everything you're like, oh, right. This iconic scene, just this iconic scene after iconic scene and just so much great acting all throughout. This is a difficult episode, listener, because this is such a well cast film. It's it's and it feels it's hard to be like, I mean, you know, it's okay. They never made the film. And now today someone's like, oh, you know what? We should adapt that book, The Godfather. Let's make a movie of the godfather today even that it's like it's hard for me to forget this movie exists and like these i'll be honest i I did not work hard on my casting choices i have very few because i was like eh, don't care that is a okay and i had seen this in either high school or college i watched this and and two uh, i think like almost back to back uh and i would then i've I've never seen three still haven't seen three but i yeah that's what i've heard although i'm curious i'm very curious now they've got this like new uh, I forget if it's a director's cut or like what it is, but there's some new version that came of three that came out recently well, that I've heard is not going to match one or two, but it's still worth watching. Um, Great. I, I think part of it is also just like, it's just not as uh, nothing is as masterfully done, you know, like in a lot two, of yeah. the, the performances aren't as up to par as yet. And that's, of course, this is me having watched it one time, probably again in college. I think that's when I watched all three of them. So I, I, you know, I, I was, this could also be my old snob talking, but, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's as a completionist, I thought it was worth seeing. So I could at least have done that. I think it's, it's, I feel like it's worth seeing once as someone who has seen it nuns. Uh, Mm. so I do want to see this, uh, new version, whatever I forget. So whatever it it was that came out, but, uh, yeah, I'd seen the first two back in like high school, college, and then rewatched them maybe like four, three years ago or some somewhat, Mm -hmm. uh, I was home visiting my folks. Uh, I forget when this was because I know you were not there, Amy Joe, uh, listener. We are married. <laughs> um, uh, in terms of like, well, why would she be there? Uh, but yeah, it was like it might have been snow and it might have been winter. But uh, me and my dad like watched them like they were on TV. So we watched them like one 
Godfather one night wow. and then Godfather two the next night. Uh, That's so, how my mom and I watched watch Alien them. and Aliens when I was seeing them for the first time. So we're like, let's do this. Well, unlike you and your mom, I was not scared that uh, Pacino would be coming up Look, at, at the door. Those films are creepy. So, you they know. Are. They are. You don't know what kind of woodland creatures are going to come also, get you in the wilds of Colorado. Them in the, yes, in the woods of Colorado uh, with no one around for quite some quite some distance uh so yeah so everyone knows the godfather the movie is three hours long but we don't want this episode to be three hours long so we're gonna try to keep this at a Move steady clip so spoilers ahead if you have not seen the godfather or haven't seen it in a while here's a brief ish synopsis in 1945, New York City, at his daughter Connie's wedding to Carlo, Vito Corleone, the Don of the Corleone crime family, listens to requests. Uh, so his youngest son, Michael, who was a Marine during World War II, introduces his girlfriend, Kay Adams, to his family at the reception. Johnny Fontaine, a popular singer and Vito's godson, seeks Vito's help in securing a movie role. What v a great way to introduce him to immediately the way the girls are screaming. You're like, this is a famous person. Oh, like a cartoon. Yes. It was. It was. But delightful. it was also just like, oh. That's how you do that. Oh, Johnny came all the way from California. Yes. Oh, These this guy is pigtailed like pigtailed girls <laughs> screaming for him. Uh, and Vito dispatches his consigliere, Tom Hagen, to L.A. to persuade the studio ahead to give Johnny the part. We get him waking up with that horse head, of course. It's, it's again, iconique. <laughs> Shortly before Christmas, drug Baron Solozzo, backed by the Tataglia crime family, asks Vito for investment in his narcotics business. Vito declines, wary of getting involved in drugs, and Solozzo has Vito gunned down in the street, where you get poor the Fredo. Ineffectual oh, Fredo. brother Fredo, just the gun-like Slips from his hand. His hand. He's like, ah! And of course, like, the Don, he's buying orange. I want some fruit. Uh, I'm going to get some fruit. And he goes and he's ah, give me some fruit. Please, I've had this sore throat for 30 years. I really Please. need, uh, I, I need, I need some the, I need like a little lemon, a little orange. Uh, give me some of that orange and then I can put it in my tea. Yeah, uh, Maybe it'll clear up uh, my strep. <laughs> I see some hot water, some honey, some orange. I'll be golden. They say lemon, but I tell, I'm telling you, I'm you telling want the you, orange. You're really missing out if you don't get the orange. I've been speaking like this since I was five years old, I swear to God. <laughs> I'm sorry, I smoked a cigar a day. <laughs> Since since my infancy. <laughs> Vito survives, and at the hospital, Michael thwarts another attempt on his father. This scene is so good. This is the scene we waited. <laughs> We're like, we have to wait for the food. And I was like, I want to watch this sequence when I can think about it. So let me get yeah. some ravioli yeah. mainlined into my veins. Yeah. And then this sequence is just Shoot so that ravioli into my veins. Um, it's just so good. Like the the way it's scored and you're like what's happening something is bad and just like to see because there have been moments where you've seen him starting to like not turn necessarily for pacino as yes, for pacino yeah. yes but this is the moment where it's like okay because he seems like so like checked out of the family when he's telling Kay, it's like That's yeah my i'm family, not my not i'm me. not my family he's, he seems like so like I, I it's not like i'm he doesn't even seem like excited to see everyone you know right. he's just like yeah because he miss the ceremony he seems I to show up so. in the reception, which feels like a bold move. It does. Or it maybe, does, you know what? He... I bet they had the ceremony at a church and then they all kind of caravaned over. So maybe he oh, came later. True. Or maybe, yeah, I don't know if he had to pick up Kay and or if she was not uh, there. Maybe. I, I or, would, I or would wait if he's like that. on leave at this point, because this film also spans well, so much time. Over? Oh, sure, sure. But he, he still could be, you know, still whatever. On duty. <laughs> I know, you know how that, that works. Very clerical work. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I do not know. 
Uh, but yes, this whole scene is great where then, you know, he Don the Don wakes Vito wakes up and he's got like the one tear in his eye as Michael's like, I'm with oh, you. When the pop, baker I'm has come you, back, pop. the bakers come by. They have that great sequence where he's like, Who is it? Who's coming to assassinate? And it's my the pop? baker. It's like, it's I'm me, late. I just, Enzo. Yeah, I just came to Do pay like respects. How in the first scene I made him like Italian American, and in this scene I made him Italian Italian because mm-hmm. I can't remember what accent Enzo speaks with. But regardless, like <laughs> it's so sweet because also like he did the Don a favor. Oh, now he guy. does a favor. This poor guy with Michael's like, great. So just put your hand in your pocket, like act like you've got a gun. And this guy's like, I just bake the cakes as these, this car drives up. And it's like, great. This is the, this is how I die with a, my hand in my pocket. But then there's a, so it's moments like this that I didn't fully clock when I was watching this when I was younger, where like then then they drive off. He's like, you did great. You did great. And Enzo's like trying to light a cigarette and his hands are shaking so hard he can't light it. Michael takes it. And, and lights the cigarette for him. And then this is the moment that I didn't really process before. He looks at the lighter in his hand. And like, to me, the moment that he's processing is my hands aren't shaking. Like, oh, yeah. I did that. No problem. Yeah. You know, that makes me think also it's like, is that, that, that it's not just a split decision, but it's like a mm. cumulative, like, you know what? Maybe this is what I have to do. And actually, maybe I'm cut out for it. Yeah, and it makes sense having him be like this war hero. So you see, I mean, he's yes. someone who has killed before. You know, it's still so different. Yes, such a huge gap. Like when Sonny's laughing at him, later. a soldier and the you know someone involved in organized crime. But it's opposed to him being like you know that he's the baker. That he's it's just me like, and Michael. I'm just shooting the cream into these little cream puffs. I don't shoot people. <laughs> what do you mean, Sonny? Okay. Uh, but yeah, so he. Helps save his father's life, and then he gets his jaw broken by police captain McCluskey, Salozzo's unofficial bodyguard. This guy's great, too. Like, I mean, everyone's great, but this guy yes, just, like... Uh, what's his face? Uh, Sterling Hayden, I believe, oh. from Dr. Strangelove and that, yes, other that films. Would, but yes, there you go. Many films. Um, but he, like, just in the way that he, like... Because you see him, he's like, this, this guy's kind of dumb. You know, to make these decisions is also, like... Well, I think it's he seems like someone that has spent so much time assuming that he's untouchable, you know, that mm-hmm. it's not even that he's dumb. He's just like, I can punch this kid in the face. It doesn't matter that he's the son of Don Vito. Right. I can have Don Vito killed. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm this police captain. And, you but, can't touch me. He's not good at this is, a, I think, just a fun thing watching this actor. Right. This is an actor who doesn't like try to mask like I'm it's not like michael where it's like i have to mask everything like later on where it's like i i have to mask all my emotions because that's what's good for my business he's like i'm gonna punch you and then when i realize like dang like like the little takes that he'll kind of do as you see his face processing like shouldn't have done that oh now i'm in trouble like he's very risible i think you know it's uh it's just like fun to see this actor like play with the levels of, of of that kind of thing as opposed to someone like you know, you have like the Brando and the the Pacino and and the even the um. Well, now all I can think of is is Tom, but um. Robert Duvall. Thank you. I was like, yeah, just not- say Tom. It's not Tom Hagen, you know. I know, but I hate to mix my metaphors. But the yes, the the Bob Duvall of it all. Of it's like we're just Bobby gonna Duvall, do some yeah. business. Well, he's much more closer to Sunny. He's that he's a hot that that uh, McCluskey. Oh yeah. I love the scene later then in the car with Pacino in front. McCluskey's just like, yeah, well, sorry, kid, about the jaw, and just like reaching awkwardly in the front to kind of like pat him before i forget if that's before or after he's like hey while i'm here patting you let me just pat you it's down it's right just before and then he's like you know i got it turn around 
Yeah, but it's so like, dude, like that is such like his jaw is still enough. wired shut. I in know, that Pacino, point. and if it wasn't, it might as well be because Pacino, his jaw is like clamped, where he's just like mm. he he looks a bit like a little a Muppet Pacino in these he scenes totally with does. the whatever they did to keep make his jaw look like that, like it's broken. Where his jaw is, he's just like he looks a little like Bert from Bert Darnay. He really, I didn't remember how much of the movie he spent with his face out of whack, mm. you know, and then <laughs> well, out of whack as your eyes got more we're, out we're of still, whack. We're still feeling. In our last week's film, my cousin Vinny. How long have Look, you had with your face uh, out of whack? We went from comedic Brooklyn to like dark, dark uh, tri-state area. Mm-hmm. Um, well, no, truly, where it's like his jaw is wired shut and he's having to talk like that. I didn't remember that that intense monologue that he does, where he's like, "Here's what we do," which yeah. I fear you're gonna get to in like two seconds. That that was like his. You see the metal in his mouth, like he can't talk, you know. And that I didn't remember that because I just remember like it being so like stirring and haunting that moment it's like that actor is is like doing as little as possible with his face because the character is in pain and what a payoff yeah it's so good uh but yeah sunny retaliates with uh michael's the other don's other son who's kind of now in charge more or less in charge while Vito is He's recuperating. Like, yeah, the Don. Which seems like that's what would have happened. Like Vito, it, it feels like the keys would have gone to. It was supposed to. Sonny. He talks about um, like he's been, tra- yeah. Sonny had been training to do this. For right, right. Not very well, but he had no, been. No, But he kills Tataglia's son and the Corleones plot to murder Salozzo and McCluskey, feigning a desire to settle the dispute. Yeah, Michael has this plan where he's like, it's got it's to be me. Like they want to meet with me because he's like. The civilian. The civilian. He's so neutral. He won't do anything. Yeah. Uh, and he meets them at this Bronx restaurant in this In an Italian scene. restaurant. Right. <laughs> is all I can think of when I think of that scene. Uh, and he kills them both. Then he has to take refuge in Sicily where he meets and marries Apollonia. Apollonia. And then a car bomb intended for him takes her life. Okay, and wow. Well, Apollonia really gloss comes over into the, the film and she goes out of the film. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. This really is the... There's like of all the sad stuff in this movie, that's the part that actually like makes me the saddest because it's yeah. like, and she's like trying to work on her on her driving. She's like she she wanted to surprise you. She's gonna yeah. drive up to meet you. Fabrizio, Fabrizio, the traitor. Meanwhile, war breaks out between the five families, and Vito fears for his family's safety. Sunny attacks Carlo on the street for abusing Connie. And this okay, well there is that really awful scene. scene. It's like yes. two very violent scenes back to back he's beating up his pregnant wife yes carlo is carlo is beating up connie it's, i forget it's like, if this is I, th- I think that was before she was pregnant i thought this one first oh no for, well you don't see this first first you just see her bruised you see the aftermath i thought the first one anyway you're right you're so right the second she, you one you just see her punched in the face. she is yeah. pregnant then but yes. like oh, but okay. you don't see like it's that you're right. so right sonny you're just so right. sees the face and he does this he bites his knuckles like he's one of the three stooges oh, oh, oh. Uh, and then he goes and he beats the crap out of carlo he i love the shot that they've chosen though because there are these like ha- wide haymakers that are so clearly nowhere near connecting as carlo is getting you know but so much the of the fall. rest of it works and it's uh, all they're yeah. trying to do it in a one so i'm like it's great. Yeah, it's there's great. only a couple He's that clearly didn't connect. His hands trying to cling to the grates. That's rough. All these like kids are playing in a fire hydrant. I know. Like, I fire love hydrant that are watching. how it goes from like. <laughs> Summer. Yeah. And then it's like he's lying there passed out in the gutter with the sprinkler on him and all the kids are still standing there like oh. I guess and that's the summer that we grew up. <laughs> <laughs> 
it just suddenly turns into stand by me to like, hey, you want to see a dead body? Because I'm pretty sure this guy laying behind this <laughs> fire hydrant looks is so good. dead. Uh, but yeah, so you, as you realize later, this is kind of a ruse to get Sonny. But uh, Carlo beats up Connie again, and in much very distressing scene of him with it's the awful. belt. He and then then it's like when he chases her into the bathroom, so she, you just don't see it, which is the worst. Yes. To me, it's like not seeing is like my mind will just conjure the worst, but. Uh, she well, and also because it's like all it, they they shot it so impressively because it isn't it in one. I think it is. Is there going it's through very, the whole apartment? I, well, I think uh, Francis Ford Coppola was kind of the studio was like, you know, we need more action in the film, so he added this to be like, oh, okay, here will be a big scene. She'll be smashing everything up and to to like satiate them as well. Mm. So this might have been more of just off camera, but you get which is kind of great. Talia, Talia Shire just <laughs> destroying so much so many plates so much yeah. of the like furniture and stuff is uh pretty great which it's like it's so interesting to think about like as you as you were talking about when when we saw it you're like oh it's interesting to think we start with the wedding and then like we do see like i feel like so many of the major events of the film even though they're not really connected to connie are marked by connie's life events yeah. so it's like as she's destroying this it's like that's stuff that she got for her wedding. Like that's clearly like wedding mm. gifts, you know, because they're yeah. newlyweds or, or very youngly weds, you know? So it's like, that's clear. Like you, when you're that time of in the forties, <laughs> that time of the world, you know, you would have gotten all of that as at your wedding. So she's like breaking her wedding gifts. It's like, that's very symbolic <laughs> to see like about yeah. halfway through the film. That's what we're doing. Yeah. But she calls Sunny. So Sunny speeds to their home, but is ambushed at a highway toll booth and violently murdered by rival gangsters. This is like very Bonnie and Clyde, this death, like as like the end of Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, absolutely inspired I was by think, oh, was Bonnie. it? 100%. I was looking at it like, this 100%. feels just like that. Yeah. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola shot the scene in one take with different cameras positioned at each shot because there were 149 squibs taped onto James Kahn's body. Was he okay? <laughs> well, the technicians who attached the squibs to James Kahn's body told him he had never attached that many squibs to anyone before, and Kahn replied, you didn't have to tell me that right now. <laughs> <laughs> as far as, I mean, he's still kicking today, that's so true, he was, true. you know what, he lived, but... uh, <laughs> I mean, squibs are not... It's it's like a blank. You put a blank bullet in a well, gun and put it to someone's head. That is going to do damage. Die. Yes. yes. <laughs> that is going to kill. A squib is not the same as a blank. You can have no, squibs but, on you. However, like, they can still hurt. You know, oh, sure. it's not like a, just a visual effect. I feel like it'd be the same as just getting annihilated in paintball. Like having okay. six people yeah. surround you and mean like you were... I, I feel I'd be I'm sure he had some bruises the next day is what I'll say. And you know what, James Conn? I know you're listening. <laughs> Jimmy. Just email Jimmy us. Email right in, Jimmy. And let us Jimmy. know like let us know. my ribs were bruised. How but much did that hurt? Worth it because it's one of the most iconic deaths in cinema cinema history. It is. It is. Vito attempts to end the feud and assures the five families that he'll withdraw his opposition to their the heroin business and forego avenging Sonny's murder. So with his safety guaranteed, Michael returns home to enter the family business and marries Kay, who he has not seen in at least at, he's, he's been back. He says he's been back a year, maybe more. Yeah, maybe more. So I feel like he's been gone for at least two years and he yeah. just shows up and is like, let's get married. It's like so she's got nothing else going on he's in her like, life. It's business, not personal it's business. Uh, and he promises her that the business will be legitimate within five years. 
which, you know, I roll to that big eye roll. So with his father nearing the end of his life and brother Fredo too weak, Michael brother Fredo. No, yeah. Being old brother Fredo, Michael takes the family reins, starting to move the family's business to Las Vegas. After warning Michael that whoever agrees to arrange a meeting between him and the five families is a traitor, Vito suffers a fatal heart attack at this just beautiful scene of him in the tomato plants with, with the, the little boy. Is it Michael's son? Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Just trying to make him laugh. He's got like, the orange peel in his mouth like he's a little monster chasing him around as the little boy's got the little sprayers like helping him like water the plants. Yeah. And then he dies and this little boy is trying to water, water grandpa. But oh, I do also love that like our introduction to don corleone is with a kitten holding a kitten and his final scene is with his grandson like it's he's framed in such a way that it's oh clearly it's very gentle and it's like yes this person is like perpetrating horrible things but like if you look at him in the context of his world he is a very gentle man you know like looking at like the other heads of some of the families who are doing things that are more duplicitous it's just it's just interesting to look at like if you take anybody out of context of their world this is not me saying like i approve of the mafia let me be clear on that it's also that it's so insular we're not actually seeing those things you're hearing about these things but you you don't see like you know, you see, like, you don't see civilians you in don't this see, film, really. Like, what it's they do for Bonacera. So yeah, it's so internal. It's so within the family and within right. these other, the five families. So, when which you're helps. Like in the world, it's like he's trying to do things according to a set of rules and to a certain integrity, which is like different than what you're seeing with like, even with Sonny it's like you know that's not you can't you can't do that that's not how we can have a society you know and so like framing him in that way I think helps us see him as more human which immediately also humanizes Michael because he's going to try and step into that role I don't know it's, I just think it's really deftly done yeah uh, at the funeral Tessio a Corleone capo asks Michael to Abe meet Vigoda old Abe Vigoda such a good name. One of the best names Such in show business. Such a great look. What a oh, yeah. great, great character And he's actor. wonderful in this film. He's so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he asks Michael to meet with Barzini with the meeting set for the same day as the baptism of Connie's baby. And while Michael stands at the altar as the child's godfather, Corleone Hitman murder all of the other New York City dons. And Tessio's treachery leads to his execution. Michael, the film ends finally. Michael extracts Carlo's confession to his complicity in setting up Sonny's murder. And Clemenza garrots Carlo to death. Connie accuses Michael of the murder, telling Kay that Michael ordered all the killings. That's your husband! That's your <laughs> husband! Is how she may have said it. Yeah, I mean, I... Because Talia Shire, it feels like she has even less to do in the sequel, but she got an Oscar nomination for the second one. Interesting. And I feel like she's got, like, two scenes. I mean, I haven't seen... It's, you know, I didn't rewatch the second one, but I feel like it's also partially because... Of like, every, you know the, what? All the spillover from this first film. You were film, really good in that first and movie. Including this last scene of, yeah, it's like, you, yeah, that's that's your husband. Uh, and Kay's relieved when Michael denies it, but then dismayed. And this beautiful shot of Ugh. all the capos arriving to pay reverence uh, to the new Don Corleone as they close the door on her. And that's just the last shot of the film is that door shutting on all dying And her being face. like, oh, uh, like the <laughs> slight, the light dying in her eyes, you know? Right. 
he's just like, oh, that five years is going to, that's a long five years for this uh, to be legitimate. I think, I think I'm going to be dead before this uh, business becomes legitimate. Five years. You don't need oh, yeah, yeah, earth yeah. time, eh? New. The casting directors of The Godfather were Louis DiGiamo, Andrea Eastman, and Fred Ruse. DiGiamo, an Emmy winner for casting Homicide, Life on the Street, has also cast such films as The Exorcist, Gladiator, and previous episode, Thelma and Louise. Eastman's only other credit as a casting director is 1970s Love Story, and then she transitioned into a Hollywood super agent. And Ruse, who also produced The Godfather, has cast other films including Five Easy Pieces and American Graffiti. So, in terms of other directors that were considered, Peter Bogdanovich, Otto Preminger, and Sergio Leone were all considered to direct and Paramount Pictures was dissatisfied with the early rushes and considered replacing Francis Ford Coppola with Elia Kazan. And Brando said he would quit the film if Coppola was fired. Because it's also after, apparently, like, Brando did not like Kazan anymore. But after Kazan was, uh, like, suspected yeah. of the, I forget, was just being a communist or, like, I, I forget exactly. Or he named names. I, I don't remember exactly. I but Brando was, like, they, they kind of thought, like, oh. Brando will love Kazan because the film, they just, it's amazing that this film is as great as it is with how much the studio wanted to interfere. They thought it was, everything was too dark the way it was lit. Uh, They, they wanted Pacino out of there. They were like, this guy boring all the early stuff. They like, they like, well, yeah, cause it's the, that's the point. (laughs) It's a three hour movie and he's your protagonist. You need an arc. Right. But I mean, I get that it wasn't until they saw the scene in the restaurant where he kills the two yes. guys and they were like, oh, OK, he can stay. But I mean, I get, if you're only seeing him in the wedding, I can understand being like, is does he have Well, he this guy has no charisma? It's like, yeah, because he's like sitting on like a lot of complicated stuff and trying to deny what is truest about him <laughs> and his bloodline. It's true. It's, it, it is. It really does feel like he wakes up. Yes. It went, once his like he realizes that no one else is there because it is like he's visiting his father it's like it's late it's like he didn't visit him earlier it's like it's late right. he's like oh i gotta go well because he's been go. at that dinner with Kay in the hotel room he's like go back to your family new hampshire you know yeah like yeah. and but you you really see him like finally like his eye his eyes are open and it's it is the like him trying to shut himself off from this life that he doesn't want this life until that moment when it's like it, it is just like just about his father and about helping his father and it's like this is what we have to do and then it's like so imperceptible of like now i'm, I'm with you with Pop. you from here on out and now yeah i'm taking over the reins this is there's no other like argument about it i don't need to like wrestle with like the decision it's like no this is what i'm this is what i'm doing mm-hmm. i'm 100 percent in so speaking of let's be let's start chatting about michael corleone so uh let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast some of these people may have auditioned some may have just been discussed by casting this is all a little subjective and as always i have looked up all the actors in advance and amy joe is hearing it along with you listener for the very first time wow so amy joe your thoughts on al pacino as michael corleone and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else I think there's a shot about two thirds of the way through the movie where he's sitting at the end of a table and he like sits down and he crosses his legs and he sort of hunches over. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's the first time Pacino has looked like Pacino. You know what I mean? Um, He's so good. It's like this kind of thing that makes I, I get it. We all are like, let's do what's expedient. This is just a job. But it makes some of his later stuff seem so sad because he's so good it's um it's also the writing you know not every film has the writing of a character like this you know i couldn't agree more devil's advocate 
Is it necessarily mm. calling upon a Michael Corleone level performance? No, tisn't. <laughs> Tis. I, I was thinking about that. I'm like, Michael, do you, Michael, do you renounce Satan? I do. And I was like, not, not eventually, you know? Yeah. He, some of the holy water accidentally gets on him and starts sizzling. Ow, it's just like a secret devil's advocate Hoo-ah! crossover. <laughs> Brother. Yeah. Um, Brother. So anyway, I think he is fantastic. I'll, when I say I have very few options, I mean, yeah. VV few. Um, for this, I had like one thought, and this is honestly an actor who, depending on the other actors cast, I could very easily see doing uh, a good job as Michael, maybe a couple years mm-hmm. ago, even, or mm-hmm. as Sonny. Okay, I great. think probably more of a Sonny, but I could see him being very good as Michael, and that's Adam Driver. Oh, yeah. And I have no other thoughts. Please That's tell fine. me who was up for this That's role. Absolutely fine. Yeah, I was like just trying to think because it's such an amazing role. And it's also hard not to think of like this is going to go on to do two other films. Correct, yes. Uh, which at least of the two that I've seen, two incredible performances of this one character. I was like, if this, I got nothing for the time. But if this was made later, I, I like a Daniel Day-Lewis. That's really the only thing that came to mind. It was like, I think you need to get one of the best actors that we've got to do this art because it's that good of a role Mm -hmm. and i think pacino just is incredible it's impossible for me to think of other people i will say one of the things that i also think that this movie gains by having someone like coppola as the director there's a lot of people who are authentically italian yeah and probably i mean i don't know about how many are like of sicilian descent but like it feels very authentic it feels like it's helmed by someone who understands the world understands these people yeah and then you know i know like i don't believe james khan is italian i know he's jewish he, yeah james khan is not uh brando is not uh and but it's the fact that you got coppola i feel like helps he's that the one that's helping that even if yes you either you but got then you put or, enough yeah. people around that are authentically like the th- i mean it's like the sopranos too right you put enough of these guys who are like you know maybe they have relatives who legitimately like live this life so like okay like you're not having to act so hard and that can fill out the world yeah so that then you have people who maybe are less familiar with the world but the person in charge knows what they're doing but i do think with pacino like you do get some of that for free yeah all the scenes of him in italy it's like that especially once we get to some of the actors that were up for this it's imagining some of these actors yes where you're speaking like italian they're gonna fit in, italy in. they're gonna be like questionable bring out apollonius right. father let me right. Sweet talk this guy. It's so good. Um, So before being cast as Michael, Pacino was committed to starring in 1971's The Gang That Couldn't Shoot Straight. And they had to pull some strings to get him released from that. I bet Uh, he's real sad about that choice now, you know. I have a feeling he doesn't even remember the game other than this right. uh, but this trivia. was like he only ha- is like the panic in needle park which is 1971 was like his only that was it like of his like what he had to to offer of like this movie like which is like a small movie of him and his girlfriend where they're just like you know getting addicted to drugs that's the movie and that like the studio saw that and they were like okay mm. it's okay that you hire him because he was like he's a nobody it's yeah. so hard remembering that, that like James Caan had some credits, but Robert Duvall as well. It was like nobody at this point. But that's one of the things that I think really helps with 100 percent because you're not expecting him to be able to do what we know Pacino actually where he is more comfortable casting for the color at the end. Yeah. You know, like I think of um, Janet McTeer talking about this famous British stage actress. She came and made her Broadway like New York debut um in a doll's house and she is six feet tall she is this powerhouse 
Um, but she had this huge success with the doll's house in London and decided to bring it to Broadway over something else because apparently she said something like you only get to be new once. And so, you know, Nora in a doll's house is very like, Oh, Tessman, I'm a little squirrel and this and that. And then at the end, she's like, wait, I got to get out of here. And so I unfortunately was not in New York. I didn't get to see this, but apparently the turn at the end when she like finally like stands up for herself and she like drops into that low voice. She's like, you have done me great wrong Torvald. And like, people were like, whoa because i just didn't expect this power to come out of this whereas if you're person, seeing if you're familiar with this performer you're like waiting for that moment yeah exactly and so i thought that was so smart you're you waiting for only it, yeah. get to be new once because then it's yeah. not a surprise and i think that's like so much of what works for, i mean uh, watching it he's so good that like i can know pacino and stuff but i also know what happens in the movie i don't know it still feels that like that first hour you're like is a shock to be that this is the same guy that's going to grow yeah. into the person by the end of the film. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he crushes it. Uh, so right off the bat, up for Michael Corleone, Robert De Niro. Well, that, which I mean, um, makes, it makes some sense. A lot of sense. Yeah. Who wound up being in The Gang That Couldn't Shoot Straight. Oh I thought you were going to say The Godfather Part 2. I no. was like, oh, really, Jeff? <laughs> Little no, you may not know this, listener. <laughs> um, yeah, let me just mansplain. Let me just well actually... <laughs> <laughs> that Robert De Niro won that was in the sequel and won an Oscar for this as if you don't know that already uh but no he wound up then being in the gang that couldn't That's shoot straight so which funny. is how they were like you gotta you know replace Pacino with somebody if you want him for the Godfather like great here's De Niro he can go be in your comedy oh crime gosh. caper that no one's gonna say uh I feel like he's almost I mean one of the reasons I think he was much better utilized in Godfather Part 2 is because I feel like he is a bit in between Michael and Sonny I feel like a lot of actors would probably fall in between those yeah. those two roles yeah i see that definitely i mean it feels like yeah that's the showy the more bombastic role yeah. and you could see like pacino as a sunny you know yeah. um i get that uh dustin hoffman turned it down instead in 1972 he was doing a, this romantic comedy alfredo alfredo where he plays a timid young italian the film is in italian he learned italian for the movie and then he was dubbed so <laughs> that's rough. Well, your mouth still has to your be mouth moving. still has to be making the right moves. True, but that really that's, stinks. That's funny. I would love if it was like a full like whoever dubbed Arnold Schwarzenegger in uh, Hercules, Hercules in New, in York, New York. York, like a real like hello there, I am Alfredo, uh, and whatever that is in Italian. Uh, <laughs> which is like a real, a real like this is the voice that's coming out of Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> okay. I understand it because they, I think, have been up for a lot of similar stuff. Yeah. But I think Pacino, for yeah. the, all, many of the reasons we've mentioned, was the right way to go. For Absolutely, this. I I get it though. I can see it. I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot. It's of not an outlandish them where I'm uh, like, hey, suggestion. Get, yeah, Jack Nicholson turned it down. No, and that is imagining Jack Nicholson in Italy speaking Italian. He got to play a gangster Bologna. later on in a much better fit for him. When As it's an like Irish gangster, exactly. gangs of New York. That's yeah. a, that's where I, well, that's the kind of gangster I want for Jack Nicholson. Exactly. It's not this. Uh, another person was like, I could see him as a Sonny though, but I, Michael, I, I just don't, no, I don't, I don't no. get, um, not to say he can't do like the smaller, like sensitivity type Especially roles. circa 1972. Yeah. Cause five, easy, I think this is like five easy pieces was like the big thing yeah. at this point for him and, and like easy rider, but as a leading man, it was like five easy pieces. And he, which I only saw for the first time, like last year is like some amazing, like beautiful, beautiful, like sensi- sensitive. Yeah, I think we like, like Pacino. If we're thinking more about the more recent stuff, it's easy to forget like right, sure. how he came up and, and how exciting he was and how nuanced, you know, oh, but man, I mean, I rewatched dog the afternoon as well during this pandemic and oh, 
What a delight. Hey, two of our boys. And John Cazale and Fredo. Fredo and Michael together again. Hey. Together again for the first time. Uh, <laughs> it's just so good. Uh, Ryan O'Neill was considered no! an eye man. Uh, yeah. So instead, in 1972, he had What's Up Doc with Barbara Streisand. Which, which was great. A classic. People love it. They still talk about it to this day. Much better fit. Yeah. Much better fit. For him. For Ryan O'Neill. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones was considered. This is very early in his career. Yes. He, he only had one film credit, which was 1970s Love Story as Ryan <laughs> O'Neill's roommate. A film I've never seen. I get um, if you want someone with zero facial expression for as long as possible. I don't know if that's the if that's the main prerequisite is for this character. Is it not? I'm trying to come up with a reason you would see Tommy We, we Lee don't need to add this. makeup to make it look like his jaw's broken. His jaw already does not move. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, I just don't see it. I say just no. Just this glowering, stern Texan. In you know, and I think someone he's, who I think he's Texan. Oh yes. Okay. Well, As you never know if he's just I like. Assert, no, that he's one of those Texan. people that you're like, oh, he, that he's just like reads Texan. No, so no, thoroughly. no. He claims it, and and when he's really from Nova Scotia, no less. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> is like the least Canadian person I could think of. It's all an act. He's just always got this persona. <laughs> but then you know you loosen those lips with a nice like oh little uh, little gosh. a little whiskey or something whiskey or two, and suddenly he's like, oh yeah, oh eh. oh, oh sure. It was great doing the fugitive. Oh Harrison Ford. Oh oh wow. What a what a guy. You know that's me, old Tommy. It's well you know I had to make it Tommy Lee Jones because uh, there was already a Tommy A Jones in the in the oh, union. Brother. Oh uh, brother. No brother. Warren Beatty turned it down. Uh, and was offered directing, producing duties, which... Okay, this I can see better than some of the others. I feel like this is kind of what he was... He was doing a more volatile ver- a more volatile version of this with Clyde. Yeah. You know? Yeah, having just done yes. Brian and Clyde on the show. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I still like... I like that Al Pacino is attractive, but not pretty. Like, I think yeah. it works. I also like that I think that... You know, if we're speaking just in a very broad strokes kind of way, that like James Conn is the most attractive out of the brothers. So, of course, he's also like the tall, swaggering one who's out there like having affairs and like, you know, throwing his weight around. Like, I like that, you know, Michael's like, yeah, that, I got makes, my that makes sense. You know, da, da. You know that he's a little shorter. So also, it, it, it all helps. works. It, it really works all works. And it's like he feels taller as the film goes, you know? For sure. And it's also because then there's no more Jimmy Conn in the rest yes, of the movie Yes, and they probably got him in lifts, over him. you know? This is very true. This is very true. David Carradine screen tested, uh, who, mm, yes. you. Yeah, I, it's not for me. No, 1972, he was in Boxcar Bertha, which is one of Martin Scorsese's earliest films. I forgot that. I was like, oh, right. Uh, mean Streets isn't Scorsese's first film. He just had these He'd like, like you to think it was probably just these random films before uh, he had Boxcar Bertha and the start of the sh- the TV series Kung Fu that okay. he was in where, okay, right. you know, that's what David Carradine was up to doing Kung Fu that was meant to be Bruce Lee and instead went to David Carradine, a man who is not Asian and had no fight training before making that to- show. One of the greatest <laughs> fighters uh, ever uh, captured on cinema. Rod Steiger campaigned for the role, despite the fact that he would have been 46 at the time of shooting. I, I was about to say. Yeah, In the Heat of the Night was 1967. So to give you an idea of like. Even in like Dr. Zhivago, which precedes this, he is not he, a, useful not a, a useful man. 
he he's like needs to be one of the lieutenants or yeah, something right, like that. Right. Yeah, he's like playing Clemenza. He's coming or yeah. whatever. Well, Honestly, it's like as Vito. Yeah, or he, he seems see. like if they had like one of the politicians and stuff that again aren't right. actually in the film, like mm. that's a great role for Rod Steiger, but Yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah, even no. as the cop, even as McCluskey, if he's roughing there up There you go. Roughing up uh Pacino. I could see. Uh Robert Redford. Paramount production chief Robert Evans wanted Redford for Michael, but Coppola said he was too waspy. Which yes, Cornish, that's Irish, ex- Scottish, and English. Why have Tom there as like a semi outsider who's inside? Right, as like I'm German yeah. Irish or whatever. Now you know? there are, I mean, there are Italian people that are fairer, are. Uh, but it's still... well. This is also where it gets into like it feeling very Sicilian. Italy mm. is a huge yeah. country, and Sicily is, um, to my understanding, like very far south. Um, and th- often like a lot of Sicilians mm. within Italian culture are like considered very low class because they have like a darker skin, darker coloring and are like peasants. It's not like you go to the north where like in Florence and, 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 you know, up in Tuscany, like people tend to be fairer. They look more like Northern Europeans. I mean, there's like racism and classism and uh, it's a socioeconomic thing and it has a lot to do with like oh, these people are trashy because they are from like a small, poor region and they're swarthier in complexion. So yeah. like, there is storytelling in that, whether or not someone like your average person knows yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's funny. I, I don't remember any of the names of these pictures, but like, uh, you know, people were not expecting The Godfather to be the hit mm-hmm. that it was in both the box office at the Oscars because like mob pictures were not doing well. But it was also a lot of the mob pictures, there was you know, not an Italian man directing it. And that's yeah. why they want a couple. That's why they're like, we want more authenticity for this film because most people just didn't care. And they were like, it doesn't matter. And this, I think, you know, it proves that these things do matter. Yes. Um, Which is why having, you know, black women directing stories about black women might in fact get a cause them to feel like, a, I don't know, more nuanced, deeper, more human, and not just like, Oh, just do this. Cause it'll be more expedient. Exactly. Just assuming that, you know, to tell other people's stories, exactly. you know, yeah. it's 100%. Uh, Martin Sheen auditioned and he's Irish and Spanish in mm-hmm. terms of his parents. But, uh, I, I, could see that i see He's, this you know, more than Italian, a lot of the others but i do you know because i'm neither is james Conn. you know you have people in the movie the that are not Italian right. at all but yeah the energetically i kind of like that thinking of young martin sheen yes uh i could dig this is around the time of um what's it badlands the malik mm-hmm. film uh and i, I kind of like that james Conn was considered for michael as well i can see that but i mean i think he crushes sunny so absolutely and robert evans insisted that khan be cast as sunny if pacino was going to be michael because he wanted one name actor as one of the brothers totally which i get and i think he's a better fit for sunny yeah i think he's great as sunny uh burt reynolds was considered some people say he was actually cast but brando wouldn't act alongside him uh because of There was supposed animosity dating back to when Reynolds did an episode of The Twilight Zone years earlier in which he spoofed Brando's persona when Brando was reportedly not amused by the episode and never liked Reynolds since. And others just say that Francis Ford Coppola would get this guy out of here. And instead, in 1972, he had deliverance. So he did fine. That's where, you know, that better fit for Burt Reynolds. Yes. As macho whitewater rafter. Yeah. 
That's where he belongs, not as Michael Corleone. Also, also someone that I'm like, but I could see him as Sonny. If you didn't get James Caan, that's where that like. When you can paint with a broader brush, it is a little bit easier. But I also just think like, that's one of the things that James Caan does really well. It's the like the back and forth. Like I really buy this person. It doesn't feel like a performance. It feels very lived in and very uh, intrinsic to who this person is. But I think you could get away with having someone who's not as good an actor do it. And it would still do the storytelling. 100%. Uh, So let's move on. Not a large role, but Mama Corleone. I forget. She might have more to do in Godfather part two. Mm -hmm. Um, But what are your thoughts on Morgana King? And do you have anyone? I certainly have no one else I would cast. I got a nobody, but I thought, you know. She's perfect. She looks. She's great. She yeah. looks the part. She she looks she textbook. It's um, it's just interesting, too. Like, I was thinking about her at the very end with with Kay um, asking Michael questions and, and me thinking like, OK, if Apollonia hadn't died he wouldn't be needing to explain all of this to her. It's just how things are done. Like maybe you Who, would. Michael wouldn't be needing to explain to Kay. To Ap- if Apollonia yeah. hadn't died, oh, he'd be married needing, to Apollonia. Yeah. He'd be bringing her home. Right. You know, he wouldn't be married to Kay. Right. So he wouldn't be ex- needing to explain all of this stuff. Cause it's just like, that's how to business Apollonia. is done. I gotcha. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to like someone who didn't grow up around this, someone who is just not, I see. you know, I see. culturally accepted, like that he actually like, it's just a very interesting, like, I mean, it's like a classic screenwriting thing, right? Of like you introduce someone who is an outsider so that you can explain things to them and you get the exposition across that way. But it's like also at the end, it's like it gives him more to struggle against as opposed to a wife that's just like, I don't like it, but I, you don't need to explain it to me. Like I'm instead, I'm going to be like, that's your husband. That's your husband. Opposed to a a wife where they don't have a line until they're married, until after they're married. I I don't think she speaks until after they're married. Am I wrong with that? I I think we don't really hear her because they are being trailed by, uh, you know, 30 uh, Italian mamas. But um, no, correct. Right. Exactly. Uh, but Morgana King was a g- gifted jazz singer. Well, you, she sings lovelily in the opening. This is her film debut as well as her acting debut. Uh, so she didn't have, doesn't have a ton of screen credits. It's the big ones mm-hmm. being, of course, Godfather 1 and 2. But yeah, I think she's great. You don't need... She gives such great texture to the world, yeah. you know, like she's so often like holding Sonny's screaming baby, you know, yeah. and like trying to talk on the phone. She's like, I can't, he- I, I can't, I can't. Like, well, of course you can't hear. You have a toddler like screaming its lungs out at you. <laughs> uh, so two other actors considered for this role. Anna Magnani. Anna Magnani. Oscar winner for the Film adaptation of Tennessee Williams' The Rose Tattoo. This would have been a waste of her talents and the fact that she won an Oscar unless they be. beefed it up. I know. I Although wonder she, if in the book yeah. it's a bigger role and they Maybe. chose what to shape based on. Or if it's knowing that you're going to make a sequel. Although, I don't know. I don't know if they assumed they were going to make a Godfather If they made a lot of money two. on it. It's tr- that's true. That's a good know. point. But if it's the back of your mind, you're like, if we adapt the other if we make a sequel or whatnot, we don't want to be stuck with an actor that can't, can't act. do it. Yeah. Well, you know, so it might be that it might be like wanting someone that, you know, can, or also, you know how the you studio is like, get me the most famous oh, people. Sure. Oh, that's an Italian. Right. Yeah. Put that Italian in this movie. You know, that's also like how, right. Some of the thinking goes. Yeah. Instead, she was doing the Fellini film Roma in 72 oh. and then she passed away in 73. Wow. So yeah, that went, I think that wound up being her last film or she might've had like one released uh, posthumously. But then the other person considered was Anne Bancroft, huh? Who'd be who'd be forty 
at this time. And like, this is postgraduate, but it's still like so young to cast her in this, like cast her in this thankless mama. Role. I know. Although if you have her and then you get Dustin Hoffman as Michael, then we well, got yes. a graduate. Then we reunion. got a lot of confusing subtext. I, I <laughs> Here's do to you, mama Corleone. <laughs> mama Corleone. I love your pasta so much. Crushed. Um, uh, I do wonder then if, hearing those two names, if it wasn't a bigger part, Quite possible. Or if they didn't promise they would make it a bigger part, and then when they didn't have to, they didn't. Because I've not seen, but I'm sure there is like a longer cut of this film. I've certainly not seen it. So. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there are additional scenes or even just scripted scenes that wound up not getting filmed, you know? Well, also, like, I'm thinking of people sometimes will not get a screenplay when they get an offer, but they might read the book. Mm. So the book might have had more of her in it. That's a good and point. then it's just what they chose to put in the screenplay. Yeah, very possible. Uh, but let's keep it going with Johnny Fontaine. Also not a huge role. Uh, but Amy Jo, your thoughts on Al Martino as Johnny Fontaine. And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I think he's wonderful. He's clearly a stand in for Frank Sinatra. I think he does like an excellent job. He like has that kind of lounge singer like vibe I, I i think he's great i don't have anyone else because like frank right. sinatra would I'm, not be touching this but no but i was like i don't know maybe a tony bennett that was like the best i could come oh, up with that i be, would tony also bennett. be delighted to just see tony bennett popping up in the godfather yep, would make yep. me pleased because oh yes tony bennett is tony come bennett on. come on um brando wanted martino replaced as he found his singing wooden <laughs> okay he sings one song <laughs> and i think he sings fine it's yes. like every talk uh, so only one other actor that was considered for this was this actor, uh, Vic Damone, or maybe Damone. Uh, so two differing stories. One was that he turned it down because of the pay, or that Francis Ford Coppola was most impressed with Damone and gave the role to him, but Al Martino was cast by the producers and used his organized crime connections oh to ensure he kept the part. And ironically, Fontaine sings I Have But One Heart, which was Damone's first hit song. Oh, wow. So that's, that's insult that's, to injury. That's some that's some murky waters in there. <laughs> you ain't getting that kind of chic sh chicanery with my boy Tony Bennett, I'll tell you that much. Well, I don't think so. I mean, he's managed to stay, uh, you know, he's on the people are still paying money to see that man sing to this very day. So. If Gaga vouches for him, then I say he's okay. Then I say that guy's <laughs> probably got the goods. <laughs> If he's making cameos in Muppet movies, I think he's probably <laughs> he's probably all right. Uh, you know, if Kermit approves, then so do I. Mm, mm. Uh, but let's move on to Kay Adams. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Diane Keaton and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Several thoughts. The very first time I saw this movie, I did not know she was in it. And so I did not know that was her because she had not yet grown into her face. And the hair is the hair so, so big. unlike it is what I'm used to loaf like yeah. and uh, <laughs> when the credits rolled Spice and I saw Diane Keaton piece of that <laughs> Diane Keaton hair that wig is tremendous um, when the credits rolled and I saw Diane Keaton I think I shrieked oh my God. and then I had to immediately rewind it I'm <laughs> sure I was watching it on VHS and I like could not believe my eyes when I then was able to go like. This whole movie, I have been watching an actor I know very well from multiple other films. Annie Hall was not that much later, you know, and uh, I think I think she's great. I'm, I do um, think she contrasts really nicely with Apollonia, but not in a way that is like 
uh, clowny. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're, they're not trying to make her out to be a villain in any way. No, they're trying to make her no. be very sympathetic, which I appreciate. Um, and, yeah. It could like go her. so much further of this person who is so now who's naive okay. in this world. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, you've got that, but it's all like, she's, she's still, she's smart. She's not, she's no yeah. idiot. No. Like she immediately is not like, what's the mafia? Like, what is this? Like, where does they, where'd all this money come from? It's not <laughs> that, which is great. Uh, yeah, I think she's so, she, I think she's great in this. I love, I mean, especially part two is like the, for me, it was what I think of when I think of yes. her in these films is, uh, her like big blowouts with Pacino, which is like, that's what I want. But in this, I mean, it makes sense. That's what you're closing your film on is, is her mm-hmm. is some, some, not even one of the Corleones by Cor- Corleone by marriage, you know? Well, and also I think she's obviously like our audience proxy. Yeah. So like we are her in a lot of ways. And, and I do think that them <laughs> closing the door on her is also being like, you were rooting for him too. Look what you did. You know, mm. like there's a little bit of that in there too. Yeah. Like, well, you're just as culpable as her. You know, you sat here and we're like, yeah, you <laughs> get Carlo with that piano wire. Ooh, kick a kick a kick. He deserves it. You know, or however you might be interpreting that scene when you're watching it. I think we're all thinking kick a kick a kick. He deserves it. It seems, seems fair. Seems correct. I was just thinking what a waste of a car windshield. It is a beautiful car. Like when they when they're like uh, yeah leave the gun take the cannoli I'm like you're leaving the car too <laughs> that seems seems very wasteful so many cars well it's also because when you have it be this period piece which there was like some talk of just making this present day oh, sure. set in the 70s which I'm like I just don't think it works so I think glad you need, they did not you need it as this period piece but yeah these beautiful beautiful cars every time I was like the car what about the car <laughs> what about this beautiful car um. But do you have anyone else that you would cast? No. No. I mean, I mean it's it, great. Yeah. I, I do like, think there are, uh, this is the kind of role that I think a lot of people could execute quite well. And I was like, uh, I just, I yeah. ran out of energy. <laughs> I, I get it. I was like, just give me, like, thinking of other people, like, I mean, there's so many great, incredible actresses that were working also at this time. But I was like, who's someone, like, a strong actor that I could see facing up against this family? I was like, a Susan, I could see, like, a Susan Sarandon or a Stalker Channing were the two that came to mind. Mm. Don't know why. Don't care why. But that's what I got. But in terms of the actresses who were actually considered, the first one to test was Jill Clayburg. Oh. Who was Pacino's girlfriend at the time. Right. Wow. A trivia I've not thought of since yeah. probably the early 2000s. I think it'd be great. Who I think does have that like waspy energy For that you want. Sure. I so see like her coming in. I mean, just that the outfit, the way they dress diane keaton in that wedding scene especially it's like of that outsider status and that floppy hat the floppy hat is perfect the floppy hat does like half the work for her um but i could definitely see jill clayberg karen black was considered speaking oh. of five easy pieces mm-hmm. that she is so good in five easy pieces uh which i think could be fine um th- this uh performer mina who is an italian superstar singer was offered the role by coppola but was not interested in an acting career uh, she does have good for her for knowing what she wants and what she doesn't, you know, she has a song on the soundtrack to Goodfellas when I was just like looking up her IMDb and I was like, oh, that's fun in terms of just the like what, what the other iconic yeah. like mafia film that we right. got. Um, Sybil Shepard auditioned, which that, yeah, I think totally would be great. Makes sense. She's a great fit. Mia Farrow auditioned, which oh, I think is I can absolutely perfect. see that perfect she'd be casting. wonderful. And that was wild when looking up to see like, oh, OK, so she was born in. Wait, so she was, 
my mind was blown when I realized that she was 22 when she shot Rosemary's baby. Yeah, I mean, she's 20, so young. But 22. I didn't realize she was that young. I mean, look at that that sweet I mean, little yeah. face. It's true. I think that the close cropped hair does tricked me. Yeah, it makes it um, harder to tell. True. But I think Mia Farrow would be dynamite as Kay. I think that'd be great casting sure. if we did not get Diane Keaton, who I think is fantastic. Totally. Uh, and Blythe Danner was considered. Oh, very well. Which I also love. 100% the big, you know, curly, boofy hair. hair. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. Uh, she's wonderful. Instead, Blythe Danner had an incredibly busy 1972. She was Martha Jefferson in 1776. I was about to say, was she, play, was she talking about someone playing the violin? She sure was. She was in a t- this TV movie, Invitation to a March. She had an episode of Columbo, season two, episode one, Etude in Black with John Cassavetes. Yes. Excellent. And these two bananas sounding films. Uh, to Kill a Clown, where she played one half of a young hippie couple who rent a secluded cabin to save their marriage, but unfortunately, the man they rented the cabin from is a military brat sociopath with two dogs more vicious than his temper, and playing that uh, terrifying military brat, you guessed it, Alan Alda. (laughs) Wait, who is the clown? I don't think there is a clown or oh, well, he's the clown misleading or maybe the, one of the hippies is the clown or maybe it's like some story or some reference or something. And it's like, oh, yeah. Or there's I'm sure it's some story that he tells like, oh, yeah, you know, there's a <laughs> do you oh, know how hard it is to kill a clown? You, you know how there's like a hundred ways to skin a cat. There's only one way to kill a clown like this with my dogs. <laughs> That's through a lack of laughter. But just Alan, just Alan Alda is the last person I'm, you know what though? That's actually great casting because that would be the last yes. person I would expect to be uh, my murderer is, Surprise. is friendly Alan Alda. Just thinking of him in Marriage Story. Uh, I'm the opposite of uh, you know, the Wolverine, Ray Liotta. I'm just kindly Alan Alda. I was your grandpa when I was 10 years old. I gotta track this movie down. <laughs> to kill a clown. She had that and this movie, Scarecrow. <laughs> well, it was a play that they like film like a teleplay like a teleplay yes so this is the this little blurb for scarecrow just before the salem witch trials oh an boy. embittered old woman who's oh learned boy. witchcraft oh boy. brings a scarecrow to life okay. as part of her revenge on the judge who was once her lover wow as this woman an american in paris's nina fock okay as this as this witch uh as the scarecrow comes to life gene wilder <laughs> And then he falls in love with Blythe Danner, who's this young woman who buys a mirror from the witch. That's the information that I could find. 1972's Scarecrow with Gene Wilder as the titular Scarecrow. I am a gong. (laughs) I want to. I kind of want to say it. We've got some Blythe Danner filmography to track down in this house. I just never knew a movie like that could exist. (laughs) Um, Dream big, Jeff. I, you know what? I will, I will from now on, I'm going to start dreaming big, but let's start dreaming about old Sonny Corleone. We've talked a bit about him, but, uh, your thoughts on James Caan and, uh, who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I mean, I feel like we've said most of it. He's so good. It's just like explosive and nuanced with that. I totally buy. You just like know what he's going to do in a way that you're like, Oh, Sonny, but it's, it always feels organic. It's just, it's a really beautifully calibrated performance, a really nice match of actor and writing. Um, my only other thought was like, well, yeah, maybe Adam Driver, depending on who is playing Michael. I mean, this would have been one that I'm sure I could have come up with other actors for, but as I said, I was tired and it's so good. And so I'm like, Jimmy Con, yeah. I say, let him stay. 
I say let him stay in the movie. What, what about Wild Alan Alda? You know, I could just fly off the handle like I Sonny. Would what not about me? No. Pick what? Alan Alda. No, he would not be on my short list nor my long list. I think he's great. Not for this. New. <laughs> New. No, no. uh, Maybe I... Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, of course. Of course. We'll throw him on any old list. The guy's great. I love that Bobby Cannavale, but I did not consider Bobby Cannavale or Alan Alda on my list. I did consider, though, considering for our Bonnie and Clyde episode, I thought James Caan would also be good in Gene Hackman's role. I could see a Gene Hackman as Sonny. Interesting. He does have a, a fury he can work with. You he know? certainly does. And just that big brother energy that he has in Bonnie and Clyde, I could see in this. I could see him like bossing around mm-hmm. Pacino. Uh, or is it like, I could see a Ben Gazzara, maybe. Oh, yes. Or a Danny Aiello, who does have a small, very small role in Godfather Part Two. So mm. they're not, he's not a big actor at this point, but like, that's who I could see. I'm trying to think of like other people that can kind of bring some authenticity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the role and who are, can, uh, who I've seen can be uh, terrifying. Ben Gazzara, legit, can be very scary. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so James Conn credits the stage persona of Don Rickles for inspiring his characterization of Sentino wow. Corleone, which I think makes a lot of sense. I think is great. Uh, he also improvised the part where he early on in the wedding, there's like the one FBI photographer and he chucks his camera on the ground and then he throws money on the ground. at yeah. him. So he improvised the money throw. Cause he said, he's like where I came from, you broke something, you replaced it or repaid the owner. Which but I think to, is great. It's such a to, good power move. Yeah. To run it through that character. It's like, okay, well maybe that's my experience, but then if I'm this person, how do I do that then? I'm just going to like chuck it on the ground at his feet. You know, it's like, so yeah, a power move. It's so the, the way that this dude would handle his business. 100%. Which uh, is again, immediately telling us who this guy is, which is like, he's explosive. He's going to take care of things via destruction. Yeah. And then he is not going to treat the other person on the other end of it with any kind of respect or like they might just be doing their own business as well. So it's like, yeah, pick it up. But the throwing of the money to me, it's that one little difference of if he was just breaking the camera, like, oh, he's the hothead, but he's the hothead, but he's still throwing the money is such a like, yes. F you. but to me, it is still like, but I can still, I'm still the biz, I can still help conduct business. I can still see like where he could he's take the reins. He's just sloppy at it. He's Absolutely. not, as opposed yeah. to someone who is like, I'm sorry, I had to do that. Look, here's 50 bucks. Now, please leave us alone. Instead, it's like, yes. Well, I'm the still person that can just money, walk but... away. Like if, if it was Al Pacino, Al Pacino is just walking away. It's like, this isn't worth my time. Correct. He's not going to get into the whole thing in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so up for Sonny uh, was this actor, Carmine Caridi. So when Robert Evans wanted James Caan as Michael, he wanted this guy as Sonny. Mm-hmm. And he would appear in Godfather Part 2 as Carmine Rosado and Godfather Part 3 as Albert Volpe or Volpe. So he would get to You're play. really good at these I'm Italian ter- pronunciations. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not good at these. I try. I, will, I try to look up uh, names. Well, they're also like the way there's like we would anglicize like Tataglia when they're saying like Tatalia or right. I'm, I'm butchering it as well, you know, but it's just like it's really interesting to look at that and go like, oh, like just hearing the way that they do everything is like like they're yeah swallowing swallowing uh, spaghetti sauce, as they say it. As some might say, Anthony Perkins auditioned. Um, I love Anthony Perkins. I cannot see Anthony. I can't per- see I it happening. See Everything Bates. I've ever seen him do is like, you know, gentler. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you don't want him as Michael, then he's more of a Tom. Yeah. I wouldn't even really put him as Fredo. 
He's like almost too obvious of a Fredo, you know? Mm, but I could see that. Yeah. But John Casale is also so, oh, so good as Fredo. We'll talk about on. him later. Uh, Robert De Niro also read for Sunny. That makes some sense to me. And then was almost cast as Carlo before he was cast as Paulie Gatto, who's the one who gets told to leave the gun, take the cannoli. So he's the one uh-huh. like with Clemenza at that car. So it's not a huge role. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was offered Pacino's role in the gang that couldn't shoot straight. So he had to, with Coppola's blessing, back out of right. the role of Paulie Gatto. Well, that helps, that helps Coppola out as well. It sure does. And Pacino had also accepted a role in this movie, Bang the Drum Slowly, which wouldn't get released until 73. And so when Pacino got released from that, De Niro also wound up getting that role. So De Niro got these two movies to leave this tiny role in The Godfather. Yeah. And then because he wasn't that small role in The Godfather, that meant he was able to then come into Godfather Part 2. Because I can't imagine if he had done no. that small role that they, they'd be like, no, it'd be too weird. People would be like, why? It's the same guy that played Polly in the first movie, you know? Yeah. I assume. I mean, I don't know how intent they were on like the expanded cinematic universe, but yeah you're generally not gonna do you're also not getting you know vhs's back exactly which is why i'm thinking like maybe but even so that's still like i don't know man to me it's one thing of the what's his face carmine caridi to be in part two and part three considering there's also a gap of decades between those two films but i think that like worked out so well for de niro Uh, yes i think we can say he won the way that (laughs) yes that worked out great (laughs) for him uh but him as sunny i dig i can see it i, I, like I would it. like i would like especially if you go either watch mean streets or just look up on youtube of his scenes in mean streets is a similar ish energy he is like he is the hot head he's like the hot head best friend to harvey Keitel. Mm-hmm. uh and i mean it's a star making turn in mean streets you're like oh this guy this guy's gonna be an incredible star mm-hmm. um but yes let's let's move on to tom hagan talking about and that Anthony Perkins could be a good Tom. Let's chat about him. So, I mean, Joe, your thoughts on, oh, Bobby Duvall. And who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I love Robert Duvall. I always am happy to see him pop up in a movie, particularly particularly of like this era when it like feels like, you know, you have like Robert Duvall and, and Gene Hackman and, right. and, and Pacino, all these guys who were like all coming up together. I think he's really so great. I think he does such a beautiful job of playing yeah this insider outsider um it's really well written in that like i believe at one point we see him like at an event with a woman we can presume to be his wife but like we don't know anything about his family that's not what's important for the storytelling because it's about the his role in the the greater family as well as like as a quote-unquote son like an adopted son um but yeah, it's a really interesting character. I didn't have a ton of other thoughts, but I actually thought of Redford. He was someone who was oh, like, that yeah. makes sense. To me, I want someone who looks not Sicilian, you know? That makes um, sense, yeah. And someone who like you buy as like very level-headed, can have control of the situation. Like it's really remarkable how good he is at his job, the character, you know, like and how much he keeps his head and deals with all of these different personalities and get stuff done, you know? Um, so Redford was, a, but he also just like, they look similar enough to me, you know, uh, as far as like their, their general vibe and blondness. Um, but that was like my main uh, thought. I'm very curious who else was up for this part. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's just a fascinating role. Cause it's not a showy role. He no. doesn't have like, you know, the monologue talking about like what the family means to him or like wishing he was like, even when he's like, why am I out? 
you know, like yeah. he's not, it's not like a, why, why am right. I out? Right. Yeah. What, what I ever do to you? <laughs> you know, it's none of that. It is not that. <laughs> it's close, <laughs> but it's not it quite. It is close though. Uh, yeah, cause I, I'd forgotten. I looked up, I was like, he'd been in things at this point, but he was like, he was fifth build in MASH, the movie, and fifth build in Bullet. So he was like in movies, but he was not. Very famously Boo Radley, you know. Yes, true, true. He was Boo Radley in To Kill a Mockingbird. Hey, it's an iconic character. It it definitely is, but it's still, it's not like, you know. I understand. Him yeah. as leading these films. For yeah. sure. Uh, and if I had to cast someone else, I for whatever reason, I was thinking like, I could see like an F. Murray Abraham. Oh, yeah. I'm just th- thinking of like, of how quiet, like quieter, like internalized um, and it's probably because of how internalized he is as Salieri and Amadeus, but mm-hmm. um, I can see that. Or like an Ian Holm came to mind. Oh, interesting. I love Ian Holm. I, have I heard Ian Holm do an American accent? I don't know if I have. I'm sure I have at some point or other, but he's a, he was Ian Holm. He was good enough. I'm sure we could he do can one. handle it. So the only comment Robert Duvall made about his performance was that he wished they would have made a better hairpiece for his character. <laughs> I love that it also just shows the passage of time that like, oh, well, now he's losing the hair as the movie goes yeah. on. But I was like, just let him just let him have his actual hair. Just let him be all bald, Robert Duvall. But it does it does do a good job of like That's selling true. that, you know, as, as we're also like tracking it through how much gray they're putting into um, Brando's hair. Yeah. How yeah. how much they're patting him, you know. True. So right off the bat, up for Tom Hagen. Also, James Kahn. Why not? Why not? Uh, which I think would be interesting. I mean, if you get like someone who is capable of being an explosive performer and kind of forcing them to then be Rain it so, in. yeah, I yeah. think you, I think that does often lead to like a really dynamic performance. Then I just want him as Sonny because yeah. he's Sonny. Why break it? Why break it? Uh, Bruce Dern was considered for Tom Hagen, oh. which is. Interesting casting to me. I, I just, I'm used, so used to seeing Bruce Dern as more of a wild haired or like longer haired, like not, not this necessarily like hippie-ish, but hair slicked back, nice pressed suit. Yeah. It's not very dissimilar, but the way of like Scott Glenn being in Silence of the Lambs compared to how I'm used to seeing Scott Glenn not in, in this buttoned up. Like that's what, that's what it is. Like I'm not used to seeing buttoned up Bruce Dern. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is different than bottled up <laughs> Jimmy Kahn. Oh, Sorry, I yeah, should have yeah, yeah, continued yeah. that sentence faster. Steve McQueen auditioned. Um, uh, sure. Uh, I don't I, it's not a no. good fit. It's also, I forget of how big he was at this point, but I feel like it's too big. I feel like it's like it also off balances the yeah, film. The, the ensemble. Y- yeah. You want your Don to be the most famous actor in the movie so that then Michael, there's no way for Al Pacino in 1972 not to be in Brando's shadow. Mm. He's there, you know, like it's, it's Marlon Brando. It makes sense. Or, you know, I, you can still have like your lead because he really is the lead character, Michael. So yes. you can still have an actor who is better known and you have your character lead as Don Vito. It works really well the way that they did it. But I do think that you could have, it's not even if it's not for sure under the shadow. It works really well to do exactly what you just said, so that it is like someone that he's working to fight to grow into, to grow into that position, yeah. both as like an actor in the industry and then what the character's trying to do. Like, I want to be as good as my pop. I want to be as good as Brando, you know, yeah. as opposed to like one of the really famous people in your movie being a secondary character that that is also like, even though he's so important to the family. 
I think he's an afterthought for not for not Tom like, Hagen. Yeah, not like yeah. Fredo, you know, but like he's <laughs> just send him to Vegas. Just get out of here. So much of the movie is like, oh, yeah, Fredo It's like, is Fredo OK? I, I was just like, oh, right. That's why, like, Michael's got to go to Italy. Like, everyone's got to leave because they're worried about retaliation. I'm like, oh, shoot. Is anyone watching Fredo? It's like, OK, we got him in Vegas. We got him in <laughs> Vegas. Mo Green's taking care of him in, in Vegas. <laughs> um, I get your saying, though. Paul Newman auditioned, which I, I love. I did think he's big, you know? Yes, I did think of him, but I'm, I'm, that is part of the problem with Robert Redford. But I do feel like because Redford's younger, you at least have a little bit of That's that true. working for you. Yeah, because yeah. this I is mean, post Cool Hand Luke, post Butch Cassidy. It's a great role for Paul Newman. 100% is it a great gray. fit for Paul Newman? And that, like, I want, like, a whole film that just follows the Tom Hagen. Exactly. This person that is like the outsider who's not actually, you know, you could make a whole movie that's just from this character's perspective. For sure. And I would find that absolutely riveting, especially yeah. if it's played by someone, even if it's just Robert Duvall, but also if it's Paul Newman. For sure. Yeah. And ding, ding, ding to you. Anthony Perkins also auditioned for see, Tom Hagen. See, that makes more sense to me. And I think it's a better fit. And that that's I like, I've seen see. him play that part in a couple of other movies where he's like, uh, I'm thinking of like the Albert Finney murder on the Orient Express where mm. he is um, the, uh, the the awful mobster who ends up being the guy who gets killed. Spoilers for murder <laughs> on the Orient Express. It happens fairly early Whatever, on. Something with an R. Uh, or at least that's oh my gosh it's it's yeah it's a remake um, is the one that johnny depp played in the remake it's not ratchet right Ra- yes but it's like that it's like nurse yeah. ratchet so he yeah. plays the secretary to that guy like he, oh, he is see. like the and and he i think in another film is like he, he just plays like a lot of kind of like yes i will be your right hand man kind of thing and i have more complicated feelings about that than another actor might because i am an actor of depth which makes him a really good like sidekick in those ways, you know? So I I could see him doing this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, As well with Martin Sheen Mm. was considered for Mm. this role. And that I, I I, like, I also dig. Yes. I could definitely see that. Jack Nicholson was also considered for Tom Hagen. A young Jack Nicholson. I prefer for Tom Hagen than for Michael. I can I can see it a bit because he also hasn't. It's the thing of like when an actor reaches a certain status, which you see with Nicholson and Pacino, you know, Brando later on. It's like people are like, well, you can't do anything about it because they're whomever they are, you know, like you, it's hard it's to true. rein them in. That's true. But when you're younger and like you're you don't have free reign to do whatever bananas thing you want to do on set, like. I, th- I think he actually make a really interesting Tom Hagen. Maybe. I feel like Nicholson, even like when he's doing nothing, he still he's reads, still doing too much. Yes. It's still, and not, a, and not necessarily in a bad way, but I just like. You read there's something off about the guy. Oh, I guess I just mean as a performer. I, I just mean not even that something's off, but I just mean like I'm going to want to be watching him. But like, when does he have his bigger moment? Sure. Where Robert Duvall can like kind of blend and he's a vital part of the film. But the fact that he doesn't have that he's not coming forward with more to do mm-hmm. is also kind of the point. Right. Um, and I also forget how much he has to do in in part two. Again, haven't seen he it since. does not come back for part three because they oh, were gosh. offering him much less pay compared to. Pacino and Diane Keaton. He was like, as he said, like the only reason to make a Godfather part three at this point is for money. So if I'm not going to get that money, then who cares? Yeah. Because it ain't for That's what everyone else is doing it for. We're not doing this. Right. Uh, John Cassavetes was considered. Mm -hmm. Who was also in 1972 in 
season two, episode one of Columbo, Etude in Black with Blythe Anna. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that sound means... I forget every time. It's time to play a big round of two truths and some guy. The way it works, two of the following actors were up for the role of Tom Hagen, and one was not. And Amy Jo has to guess which is which. Your options are Peter Falk, <laughs> William Shatner, and Elvis Presley. Oh, come on. You're trying to kill me with these. You do a really good job, Jeff. Well, I try. <laughs> because this seems inscrutable. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Falk, William Shatner, and who else? Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley. <laughs> Who else? What was, was the name like, of that fair guy? Uh, someone, someone. Never heard of him. Some someone that seemed like name. an absolutely preposterous. Elvis Presley. Okay, I feel like <laughs> Elvis is so off the wall that it has to be one of the ones. I feel like why? Why on earth? I'm gonna go with some guy. Mm. You've either put Peter Falk in here to trick me, or you're assuming I would assume that P- you put Peter Falk in here to tr- it's a real you know speaking of Sicilians this is a real uh, <laughs> never go into never go into a, a land war in Asia with it well yes but never go into no, a never battle go up of against wits. a Sicilian never go up against a Sicilian when, when death, death is, on, is the on the line there you go Wallace Shawn as Don <laughs> as Vito Corleone I'm gonna make a <laughs> I can't <laughs> Uh, he, I just you know love what that he, he is? thought that he, he's like Rob Ryder. I'm not. I can't play this Vizzini. I'm not. I'm not Sicilian. Is like, don't worry. It's it's gonna be great. The, don't worry about now it. Now I imagine Wallace Shawn as Don Cor- Corleone, but in uh, Zootopia. You know, is that like the? You know how they have like the rat character that's clearly Don Corleone, and the the daughter. Oh, is, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, Peter Falk. I'm sorry, that is William incorrect. Shatner. That is correct. I was, that was as, my first guess. As far as I could tell, William Shatner, not considered for Tom Hagen, Peter Falk and Elvis Presley. Peter were. Falk, I get. Elvis Presley is some Hollywood nonsense. Yes, he was an avid fan of the book, so he auditioned. So I feel like it was like, oh yeah, Elvis sure, wants we'll to audition. Where are we going to say no to him auditioning? But then it was like, thank you for auditioning. It was great to meet you. This uh, was cool. Goodbye. I gotta get you out of here. <laughs> uh, and Peter Falk was, of course, busy in season two of Columbo through the shooting godfather but that's an interesting oh, I casting love that. Yeah. i like that young baby baby um peter falk too yeah. it's like i love i love that and that's someone who like even peter falk it's like he's such a fa- he's such an interesting character actor mm-hmm. that even when he's doing nothing i am still like but not the same way that i am with like nicholson where i'm like when this guy is gonna blow now he, do yes. something and i feel like peter falk also is the kind of character actor like like so many of the guys in these films who like you were saying about uh bob duvall are like they, they know how to blend it's my moment mm. and then when it's not i better yeah i better blend because like this is not for me to do you know yeah absolutely you're right. it, it's like when when pacino comes into the film it doesn't feel like, and here's your lead character. He just, he feels like such a like, oh, and here's another character. Here's someone here's another else. Brother. And he is, yeah. exactly. That he's not coming in to be like, and now I'm the lead, you know? Yeah, he's not it, walking in blends, with a, like a hero's entrance. so beautifully. Even though he's literally a war hero. Right. He doesn't come in with like a hero's he's entrance. He's like shuffling to his walk. Yeah, he's, he's not like, coming hey. in like, hail the conquering hero. Uh, but finally, let's move on to Vito Corleone. 
Amy Jo, your thoughts on Marlon Brando and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Having not seen this in forever, I was blown away again. You know, he's so good. He's so good. Like I speaking of, you know, having your jaw wired shut, he like barely moves <laughs> his face and yet he does so much. And like, yeah, for- the way he'll touch things, the way he'll like make the slightest facial expression at once someone is like, like once Luca Brazzi like leaves, he's like, okay. You know, like <laughs> just the, the way he'll handle a prop, it never feels self-conscious. It never feels like, Oh, what an interesting choice. No. But like, man, it's good. Everything is storytelling. Um, which is interesting when you think about what a uh, particular person he was to work with by this point. But this is very true. Know. But yeah, it it what's so, to me what's so great about it is that he. I mean, everyone else is also doing the work to give him the status Correct. and give him the power. But because he he does he doesn't do any of that. He's like, I'm gonna play with this cat. I'm kind of I'm gonna feed this fish. I'm gonna play with this kid. Yeah. Like I I, I, I I've been like doing a... this for so long. I don't have to prove my power. I, it's just intrinsic within me. Yes, which is also where he was as an actor. Very true. You know? It's very true. It's a very good point. Opposed to, ha- we'll get to some of these people on this list who were actually considered, but if you're getting someone who is like, oh, they're a great actor, but that's not the same as like, this is someone coming in. A titan. A titan. A titan. Yes. Of the Hollywood industry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Thoughts. Other people. The one person that came to mind as I was watching this, and he is too young for it if we were going to be doing this movie today, but like, and this is, not I don't I do not think it's as good as Brando but like if they were going to be making a version of the Godfather and say like even 10 years like it would be DiCaprio Scorsese would be doing it it would be DiCaprio like is is my Vito Corleone yes like in 10 15 you know like if he has to age up you know like maybe a bit but but I was like yeah this is like what I see him where I see him going maybe how he sees himself (laughs) you know what I mean god I do and with full respect to that, these are our individual casting decisions. I think that's my least favorite one that you've ever come up with on our show I so far. I didn't say it was good. I'm not, and I'm not saying that either. Um, but I'm <gasps> saying I appreciate I appreciate it for what it is. But I'm saying the idea of it, I'm just picturing it. Oh, yeah. I don't and want I it. I hate it but so But I can picture it. That's the thing. That's the thing out of anyone else, if it's not going to be Brando, I like see DiCaprio doing like or DiCaprio like trying to do uh, like an Orson Welles biopic at some point in time. Like I just see him like growing into like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do like this, you know, I'm going to do a biopic of Brando and do all of his roles. Uh, I could, I could see first before him doing like the role of Vito Corleone. I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I'm not saying uh, like, I think it would be good or I want it. I'm saying I can't unsee it. Sure. Sure. I feel, I mean, I feel like if it was made today, then that's also where you're getting Daniel Day Lewis. You are convinced you are paying whatever you have to do to get to draw him out. Daniel Day Lewis is Don Corleone. We already saw gangs in New York, you know, and he was great in that. Let him do that. Absolutely. What I'm saying is that if you're doing something similar to here where it's like, well, let's just get who is like the biggest known most widely respected actor like that we can get mm-hmm. and brando is one of the ones at the top of that list so today of who you're getting to f- get this kind of role like who it is that is you're like oh god whoever this michael is is gonna have to climb out of the shadow of this actor that's what or or you're getting you know you're not doing this version but then you're getting nicholson correct which is we kind of you know again yeah. had we had you know we had a lot of like true you know young but i mean like now even older than that because he's st- someone he's not you know don corleone 
because he Jack Nicholson in Departed is but still killing people. I was like playing you know, with severed hands, and Marlon Brando doesn't have to do any of that. No, he doesn't. But he's also not that. He doesn't present as that old until they have him all gussied up at the end. You know, like he's. You can see because at the beginning he is not wearing like padding, or if he is, it's very little. Not wearing as that much, he's yeah. like not what I came to think of as late stage Brando. Right. He was you 47. At yeah. The time that's of so not, they still, well, no, no, no. Cap- they're how? still, they're still aging him up at the beginning of this film. Yes. But that's what I'm saying. Like DiCaprio is not that far from DiCaprio is probably like 47. <laughs> we have to stop talking about DiCaprio. Great. It literally <laughs> is making, breaking my mind, picturing <laughs> DiCaprio of, of, of like, talk about it. And, and who's a good actor. But talk about a try-hard actor. DiCaprio is... Tr- I oh, always see him trying AF. so hard. And for so, to see, like, <laughs> for a role where Brando's just, like, throwing so much of it away. And it's such a, like, ah, oh, where's DiCaprio? DiCaprio, oh, God, it hurts to think about it. So I need to stop <laughs> thinking about it. Um, any other... If this is made today, of someone... Of what he's bringing to it, because he's not coming to it of your titan of like movies or whatever. So the TV movie version, I could see a Giancarlo Esposito. He's half Italian, mm-hmm. but that's of someone who's given so many incredible performances. But it's always for me. I'm thinking of Gus Fring in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. So someone who's been capable of such violence, but of also such stillness and stoicism. Mm. So I feel like that that like seeing that of some an older actor who it's like you've seen me. You're coming to it from everything else they've done in their career. So now they don't have to do that. You've got that in the back of your mind. And yeah. they are able to just kind of give you this much smaller, simpler role. Because, you know, they have a volcano inside they could use if they wanted to. 100%. Absolutely. Um, so the, as, as we said, this is the only, the only winner for an acting Oscar for the film. So Pacino can end of all were all nominated for supporting oh, yeah. actor. Okay. Give me the Oscar stats for this. Yes. So they all lost to Joel Gray. Sorry. It was, it was Pacino was Pacino, up for best. Are they no, all up for best all, supporting? They were up nominated for best supporting. Okay. So Pacino boycotted the Oscars. He did not attend because he was so pissed that he was nominated for supporting opposed to lead. As he said, he was like, I'm the lead character of this film. I mm-hmm. should be up for lead. And, and it wasn't even saying like, he wasn't even saying Brando should be up for supporting, but I'm it's sure like, they didn't I want to also be above the, you know, well, they just didn't want to, I'm sure they didn't want to have them compete Obviously. against each other. I mean, there's all kind of, you know, the rigmarole with how I they decide these things troubles is troubles with uh, justifying the favorite. And I'm thrilled Olivia Coleman won, but that's a supporting role. And the other two should have split lead. But that's, you know, yeah. no one asked me. <laughs> Surprisingly, they did not ask you. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so all three men nominated for supporting lost to Joel Grey. And then Brando won. Here were the other nominees for lead actor that year. Paul Winfield in Sounder. Lawrence Olivier in Sleuth, mm-hmm. Michael Caine in Sleuth, and Peter O'Toole in The Ruling Class. Yeah, this should win. I yeah. have not seen Sounder, which I, ha- I, I also have not seen. Sounder. I do definitely need to see after um, after Cicely Tyson died. Everyone was like posting about it. I was like, oh, how did I miss this? So well, yeah. I do need to uh, rectify that. But Same. those are some great performances. But this is they're also this the, is it's also, they're also not from like a film that was like, oh, yeah, this is the other biggest film because it's not like because Cabaret like swept. Right. There's only one, I think, best picture, best actor, and I think best writing, because Bob Fosse also won director for Cabaret. Mm-hmm. That one, like, something like seven or Which eight Which also, Oscars. like, you look at, at that, and that's a lot where you can see the director's hand in it, you know? Like, it's, it's, it's a hard call. That is true. But there was no other film this big with a leading actor performance, because Sleuth is the one I've seen the most of those, and Laurence right. Olivier and Michael Caine are so good. But it's also the idea of them winning. It, it just feels... Like, of course, Brando's going to win yes, for this. Yes. And and I think 
Peter O'Toole is phenomenal in the ruling class, but it is also like the Academy's prevalence to give something to a drama over a comedy. And also like, I I, th- I think this is one of the best performances <laughs> I've seen on a screen. So I agree. So he based some of his performance on Al Lettieri, who plays Salozzo, uh, who he'd become friendly with while working on, on the waterfront. Oh, and he's great in this, by yeah. the way. I mean, the all, every, yeah. all these t- tiny, teeny, tiny roles are just, it's so I had good. forgotten what a big part that guy was until That's he true. showed up. I was like, all right, this guy. And then like, I was like, oh yeah, this is like a huge part of the film. <laughs> um, but his, Lettieri's relative is a real life mafioso. So he helped Brando prepare by bringing him to his relative's house for a family dinner. Wow. And uh, famously... Brando did not memorize most of his lines and would read from cue cards during most of the film. Uh, he said he felt that during doing a cold, open type reading for the cameras and then using that very first unpracticed take is the best way to get an authentic performance. Also, the best way to ensure you don't have to do multiple takes. But, you know, whatever. I will say, works. I will say, <laughs> gosh, I'm such a brand new apologist. Um, th- working in a scene with an actor like that would probably make me want to like leap off a bridge like this. It's, it sounds awful. Like to be like, okay, great. Well, I've worked really hard and this guy's just going to read it off and we better get it in the first take. What if I screw up my life? You know, but to be good enough that you cold reading your lines gives you that. I got to say that's someone who's who's really good at acting and who knows what the character in the world is really strongly, you know. Yeah. But geez, you know. I don't even want to look at the script. I, I don't even I don't even like, know what happened. I died. My son's dead? <laughs> what? This is a big surprise to me. He's just reading. <laughs> they have cute cards with stage directions as well, so he's learned, he's just like play with child. It's like, "All right." It's like be monster. Okay. Fall like fall down dead. Wait, what? This is my death You want me to die? Uh, oh, this is not how boy. he talks. Um, so let's get into the actors that were considered right off the bat Orson Welles. Sure. I mean, terrible choice in comparison with Brett. Uh, look, I think Orson Welles is a phenomenal actor. But talk about someone who is not good at reining it in, particularly by, oh, I don't know, 1972. But I, th- I think it's less of an issue of reining it in as opposed to just like getting him to show up. I feel I feel like to me, he's yes. actually, he's like kind of in the stage where he doesn't, ha- I think he is that like low key of like, all right, what are we doing today? That's, that's probably you know? true. Um, in 1972, oof. he was actually very busy. He had a TV movie of the play, The Man Who Came to Dinner. Oh, which is pretty good casting. That's great casting. Uh, and then he just sit the whole time, which true. you know he was all about. I mean, Don, Vito Corleone, he ain't running. You know, he's he's sitting That's true. or at the, his most action is getting shot at the on, uh, when he falls down off the car, you know. Well, then, then he's got to run he's playing, after he's playing with the kid. Know, but yeah, he's yeah. he's normally You're he's, right. We named it it's on one hand the number of action <laughs> sequences he had and by action I mean walking. So, yeah. Um, but Orson Welles had Man Who Came to Dinner, this horror movie necromancy where he played the head of a witch's coven. Sure. Uh, playing Long John Silver in an adaptation of Treasure Island. Yo-ho, yo-ho. And this comedy called Get to Know Your Rabbit, directed by Brian De Palma, where Tom Smothers decides to quit his job as a business executive in order to be a tap-dancing magician. There, there, wow, there's so much I've learned in this episode. So I'm sure Orson Welles was glad he was doing Get to Know Your, your rabbit. rabbit. 
but I could I could actually see Orson Welles a little more than you can. I get your no, the reservations. I can, see, but... I can absolutely see it. It totally makes sense. And also, he's someone who, I mean, look, Magnificent Ambersons, tremendous. You know, Citizen Kane. We all know it's really good. You know, he's the a, third man. I mean, he third man. He's know, a phenomenal a actor and filmmaker. I feel like similar to Brando, it's you get like where's the you, the point where it's like okay after this there's no good per- you're not exactly. getting them trying exactly it's still gonna be sometimes okay because they are who they are and sometimes it'll be orson welles voicing a planet in the transformers movie and brando voicing dr moreau surrounded by a bunch of monster men mm-hmm. and val kilmer mm-hmm. <laughs> also on a monster man, some might say <laughs> <laughs> uh also considered for Vito Corleone, Ernest Borgnine. That auditioned, also makes sense. Which I like. But I, it is I don't like, mind it. Yeah. I don't either. And, you know, he's coming to it with an Oscar for Marty, but it is still like right. Brando of what that conjures up compared to Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine to me is like a kinder figure, although I'm sure he can and has played many a, yeah. a tough, many a, a, heel. a heavier yeah. kind of. Yeah. He had Poseidon Adventure in 1972, which was a big film. Oh, so, yeah. It was a huge hit. Yeah. Uh, George C. Scott was considered. Oh, really? When was Patton? A good question. I don't know off the top of my head. I feel, my phone I is charging. I want to say I'll Patton is like 1970, potentially. I'm sorry if I'm wrong, listener, but I, my phone is also not on me, so it's I'm not going to look It's been a long time since I um, cared about dates and things. Um, right. I'm going to say, regardless, they aged Brando up. So regard, I do think that it is like you can kind of take that a little out of the equation. I'm, I'm thinking more just like... Like there's a, when I think George C. Scott, and that's partially because I primarily associate him with Patton, that like, there's this kind of like steel spine Mm. that I associate with him that like Vito Corleone is so much more like supple in a way, you know, because he kind of has to be in order to like. It's also of how how Brando plays him. Like, I don't know if you're just looking at the lines on the page of how much is that's true what brando brings to it and how much it is what is written you know in in just in regards to the take on the role like there are yeah i think of a young george c scott as being a sunny let's put it that way i see more of this kind of like extremely emphatic like freight train Mm. of a of a character actor and i love george c scott and i he's he's a phenomenal actor and can do could do many things so i'm sure he could have have handled this but i just don't see him quite in this but i see him more adjacent to it you know what i mean i hear you edward g robinson was considered oh now that's really fun he did die in 1973 so mm. this would have been a real last hurrah for sure uh, but that i mean that you're bringing that's the history of mafia every gangster film gangster ever made films yeah not mafia but gang- gangster films uh edward g robinson great <laughs> actor that's a really fun choice i really like that yeah we had Richard Conte, who then would be cast as Barzini, and Richard S. Castellano, who was cast as Clemenza, mm. were reportedly both considered. And I just don't see... Barzini a, a little bit, um, just because he's got this sort of like, I I have my, I wear my suit, I got my dignity. Yeah, you know, I, they're gentlemen. both so There's good like a in the talker, roles they have. But there's, but yeah, and Clemenza, I, just, I can't see him in no. any other role, and I can't see no. anyone but him in yeah. the role, because he's just... Like so firmly cemented in my mind that yeah, way. I agree. Bert Lancaster wanted the role, but from what I could see, was not seriously considered for mm. whatever whatever reason they had against him. Uh, another, I mean, it's also you know, it's also listing like 
some great actors here. Yeah. Uh, if you're one of the most iconic movie roles. Uh, sure. Everybody wants to do yeah. a, a, a great role in a great film with like a, a huge book that had a lot of hype, you know? Yeah. Like Elvis, who wanted to play this role. So they oh, gave him the audition no. for Tom Hagen. Uh, they were like, maybe we're, maybe they no couldn't way. bear to have him audition for Vito Corleone. Maybe they're trying to manage his expectations from the jump. Like, my dude, um, no. <laughs> Elvis, my dude. No, Why don't no. we have you read for uh, consigliere, and then uh, we'll right. uh, we'll uh, we'll see you uh, we'll see you never. And speaking of singers, Frank Sinatra discussed the role of Coppola, and Otto Preminger wanted him for the role when he was considered to direct. It's it's interesting. I see that more than Elvis. I see, I'll tell you oh, that. I see that. <laughs> yes, Frank Elvis Sinatra. is from Mississippi, and Frank Sinatra is Italian Frank from Jersey. Frank Sinatra is more of an Frank Sinatra had an Oscar at this point. Yes. He well, that too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just talking about like, let's start with the When basics. Frank is on the beach, he gets an Oscar. When Elvis is on the beach, he gets the girl. That's the difference. <laughs> Good point. Um, I could see Sinatra, but I don't want it. Uh, and Lawrence Olivier was considered because Coppola said, I wanted either an Italian-American or an actor who's so great that he can portray an Italian-American. Mm -hmm. So they said, who do you suggest? I said, look at I don't know, but who were the two greatest actors in the world, Laurence Olivier and Marlon Brando? Laurence Olivier is English. He looked just like Vito Genovese. His face is great. I could see Olivier playing the guy and putting it on. Brando is my hero of heroes. I'd do anything to just meet him, but he's 47. He's a young, good-looking guy. So we first inquired about Olivier, and they said, Olivier is not taking any jobs. He's very sick. He's going to die soon, and he's not interested. So I said, why don't we reach out for Brando? Thinking, and Lawrence Olivier is in Sleuth that I year. know. Well, and died until 1989. I so Lawrence Olivier was just fine. He, there was, you know, who's to say? But um, no, clearly, also looking at Sleuth, a movie which I also know quite well, and seeing what Olivier looked like at this exact point in time, like I can see it translating well to that. And yeah, uh, when you also are thinking like, yeah, if we want to get someone who's a titan in their industry, that he was the Daniel Day Lewis, if not more of, you know, because he made so many movies and he was in so yeah. many plays, you know, he was just this prolific, he's more like Ken Branagh, but more famous, you know, like someone who was so well respected for his craft. Um, I can see it as being a possibility. I don't, I don't know. I've liked Olivier in a lot of things. I'm glad we got him in Sleuth instead. <laughs> you know, I feel like this is I just agree. a better arrangement. I agree. A part of me is kind of fascinated to imagine a switcheroo with Lawrence Olivier and the Godfather and Brando, oh, Brando? and Sleuth. Brando and Michael Caine would be bananas. Well, I'm me. also imagining Brando like doing like all this <laughs> like wandering around like when he's enacting the book and like talking about oh no no dear boy you must put on these clown shoes it's ultimately much better with Lawrence olivier for sure sleuth. um but i could could see him as vito i could yeah i i'm i prefer brando but i can i can see it happening and you get the status of one of the you know great yeah, actors which is what you need uh so those are all the characters that i found other casting options for but there are a few characters we didn't mention so i want to briefly touch on them we've got gianni russo as carlo connie's fiance who what a what guy a, what a great heel uh marlon brando openly questioned to francis ford coppola why gianni russo was cast in the movie and then suggested in front of russo to recast him. Oh, geez. So Russo pulled him aside and said to Brando, if you ever talk to me like that again, or if you ever stand in the way of me getting this role again, I'm going to break you apart and suck on your heart. And Brando said, 
that was brilliant and assumed he was acting, but he was not. Because Russo, unbeknownst to Brando, was a former mafioso no, wise guy no, and was dead serious. No. So <laughs> Brando did not mess with Russo anymore, but he was just like, oh, that's a great. It's like, what, what's that from? <laughs> you oh. know, like, oh, is that a monologue? What's that from? Oh, um, so good. <laughs> I love that. But I think he works great in the film. It's like, yeah. you don't, yeah, it's exactly, he does exactly he what does you need. Precisely, he executes precisely yeah. what is required of him. Abe Lagodas, Tessio, of course. Oh, we love, beautiful. Love that Abe. Uh, and Talia Shire, who Francis Ford Coppola did not want to be in the film because she's his sister. So he was very reluctant to let her oh, audition. I didn't actually realize oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So he was very, very reluctant for her to be a part of it. And he felt that she was too pretty for the part and did not want to be accused of nepotism or like his two reasons. Sure. And Mario Puzo said, let her audition. And thankfully she's they did. Great. She's great. She's so good. So good. Uh, Apollonia uh, is this actress, uh, Simonetta Stefanelli. So Francis Ford Coppola cast her after she skipped away from her screen test like a young girl. Like well, she finished and she's like, did you, well, wasn't did you, she like 17 or 18 when she, she filmed like this? She was like 17 or 18 by the time they filmed it. So she was probably 16 when they auditioned yeah. her. She summed up her part. Quote, I met him. I married him. I died. <laughs> <laughs> I blew up. I blew up. So not actually in the film, but gotta mention, a young Sylvester Stallone auditioned for both the roles of Paulie Gatto which De Niro was supposed to be cast in, and for Carlo Risi, but hmm. was not cast for either. So because he was not cast, he decided to try his hand at writing instead. And he first completed a screenplay to the modestly successful Lords of Flatbush. And then, of course, in 76, would get his break with Rocky alongside Talia Shire. I love that that's... I didn't, I, I didn't realize it was because he's like, I can't like get acting cast. isn't you know isn't so I'm working right now <laughs> make... i'm losing out on these roles so wow. i'm gonna have to write my own and he, thankfully he did because you know it's he, great he, he, he gave us rocky uh and finally god talk about john Cazale because i love that john Cazale, and he is perfect for someone with such few screen credits every he died single one so is tragically incredible. young you've got yeah godfather godfather 2 dog day afternoon the conversation and the deer hunter the deer hunter bananas um, it's, it's remarkable. So Fred Roos cast him after seeing him in an off-Broadway play called Life, which co-starred Richard Dreyfus. And Dreyfus invited Roos to the play. And Roos said, we were looking for Alfredo at that time, and I had no idea who John Casale was. He knocked me out. First chance I got, I brought him in and I said, Francis, this is Fredo. We don't need to look any further. This is him. <laughs> And he's perfect. And especially, I always forget how little he has in this film. Because the much second, more the second one obviously. is all the, yeah. Yeah. But him in Vegas, when the, the way they have him costumed. Oh, this like mustard yellow coat, this oh little kerchief. Where he's just the little toast of the town. It's like, Michael, Michael, I got the girls. I got the drinks. Like, like I was so excited to like show off to and Michael. just being like, I didn't gauge that this is not, yeah. that Actually, I always misassess the situation. He's perfect. At his entrance, when he just is meeting Kay and he's so drunk and he's just like awkwardly, like kind of coming in to like kind of give her a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like, oh, you know, you, Fredo, you don't have to do that. <laughs> please, please stop. Well, and that it's also like clearly he's so drunk that he's like, like, oh, this is a pretty girl. Because you also right. like when you hear about him later, it's like he was banging cocktail waitresses two at a time. Nobody yeah. could get a drink that it's like you don't expect that of this guy. But because of his family's power and because he's not got anything else to do, like that's <sighs> like how he spends his time. 
Oh, it's so good. Um, so final thoughts. Anything else we haven't touched on? Any other roles or anyone else that we you want to double double back to? Because there's so many. I there's do want so to say we. I didn't get a chance to say. I thought the woman who played Apollonia like did a beautiful job with uh, yeah. you know again with very few lines. Um, and I, I, the the guy who plays her father, one scene fantastic you know just like the friendly and then then and watching him like come around as michael doesn't even get up to like speak with him you know he's like yeah if you've not seen it in a while listener this is the scene yes pacino spots apollonia and then is like just talking to this guy about and then realizes like oh it's because she's his daughter because he realized he's offended him like he storms off inside and he just is like, no, call him out, call him out. And yeah. then just well, it's his bodyguards who Michael hasn't even said anything, but because he's with them, it's like, yeah, right, the bo- it's like an right, offensive right. act. The bodyguards you know? are saying that like, oh, oh Michael, you know, yeah, that you know? Michael, yeah. Uh, she, she caught Michael's eye or whatever, or he caught her eye. Right. Uh, and yeah, he doesn't even get up, doesn't even get up from the chair as he's like making his case about my, like this is my name there's people who pay a lot of money for that but i wish to marry your daughter although i would like to meet her and blah, blah, blah. and watching that that actor's face change from like fury to like i'll listen to like well now i'm gonna pull up my suspenders and really think about this let's maybe have some wine you know it's it's like a really it's just like every little role is so well calibrated the nurse in the in the scene where that all nurse is great where all the cops have been pulled off there's no one in the hospital there's no one guarding uh the don we and send them away your father just had too Sir, many visitors you have to leave and it's just like she's she's great that could be so easily i mean it is kind of one note until she like turns but it's like that's her job you know but she also like i just think the actor's doing a great job you yeah, know it's like lady you're gonna be collateral damage by accident not from me from the people that are gonna yes, try to exactly. shoot my dad if you don't get him out of here yeah yeah it's great and so the baker with his like two little scenes delightful uh bonacera you know we start the scene or start the movie with him like all these people who come at luca brazzi we didn't talk about luca brazzi yeah so he because he's amongst these people that go to ask for a favor Bonacera from is luca brazzi oh well luca brazzi comes in to thank him yeah oh i'm sorry you're right luca brazzi comes in just to thank him because this, right, this is the day where everyone can ask a favor from a sicilian on, on the you know day their, their daughter's getting married uh but he just comes in just to say thank you but he just stutters over his lines which that was an accident he he just accidentally <gasps> stuttered and francis ford coppola thought it was so great that he was like we're keeping that and then put him into the earlier scene where so he's we know what he's supposed practicing to say. his speech that's tremendous which makes it that much worse that he then to be practicing the speech and then to be just fumbling over your lines in front of the don but it works so beautifully and then it, it makes you know i i felt so much more for that character you and absolutely then he gets, do he gets like killed because um we skipped over in the synopsis, but Don like sends him like, okay, you're going to kind of pretend you're not happy with our family. Try and talk to the Tatalias and see like what they're doing. Immediately kill him. And we get the famous Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. They send them wrapped in his bulletproof vest. So great. Like how, you know, to play this like big lunk, just like, so with, yeah, with so little to do and what a big impact. And I feel like that's really a testament to this writing and and everyone really all the departments coming together and to the directing yes for coppola absolutely. to see that moment and be like that's so beautifully we're gonna keep pure. that add in more yeah like it's so smart and it's also just like using the gold that is already existing in the performance that they hired it's just a really great collaborative collaborative effort um and yeah i think everyone gets 
to shine even if they have just like a tiny part because it's like like the driver who gets like shot you know leave the gun take the cannoli like he's like god is cold that maybe it's real maybe he's not that like just all that everyone gets like these little moments and it all feels very lived in Mm. i understand the relationships even as i'm like who are all these people (laughs) and it's just it really like blew my socks off again because i just i hadn't seen it in a long time and it's it's a tremendous movie it's so good uh I've got like one piece of trivia that I want to end with. But first, I got to say, I had this thought while watching this film and I learned that it was not an original thought. I looked up online and a few years ago on Reddit, other people had brought this up. Uh, But because we're recording this, I think within the week that after Jessica Walter passed away. So we watched a few episodes of Arrested Development uh, just to, you know, watch some great, great Jessica Walter. Uh, And I didn't realize of how similar there's it's structured to the godfather of having the three sons and one daughter where you have your main son in arrested development michael Mm -hmm. who keeps trying to get out of the family business and keeps getting brought back in and to like help lead it you have the hot-headed older brother job that's your sonny you've got the ineffectual (laughs) brother buster Buster. as fredo you've got the only daughter Lindsay, or in this uh connie and her awful husband that nobody likes in that version tobias very different reason why nobody likes tobias uh but then you and that the business is like considered like potentially on like a criminal organization Mm -hmm. which is why you've got george senior in prison you've got your george senior as the don you've got lucille bluth as your mama you've got henry winkler as the family consigliere (laughs) as barry zuckercorn uh and then you've got Technically a switch switcheroo because Michael has his son George George uh, uh, George Michael. Um, whereas in Godfather Part Three, Pacino's got his daughter Sofia Coppola and her cousin Andy Garcia, who's Sonny's like illegitimate son, mm-hmm. who that they want to like get they want to get together. Right. And Arrested Development, you've got George Michael and maybe it's bananas. That's, I wonder how, how much many... they were like, hey, if it ain't broke. <laughs> So somebody on YouTube just edited together clips of the Godfather and overlaid dialogue from Rusted Development. Oh, and wow. it's absolutely it I found it incredibly funny, especially there's a, a shot with it might be part two. I couldn't remember if this uh, shot was part one or part two, but Fredo is dancing with some girl and they overlay with Buster talking about when he's dating Liza Minnelli's character. Uh-huh who's stricken with vertigo in the show and he's talking about like the, oh yeah she's got like the vertigo her nausea and this girl immediately like wipes out on the dance floor with fredo <laughs> uh perfectly it's so funny if you google i think it's just um arrested godfather uh but it's so stupid but like watching it i was just like i cannot believe how much this lines up with arrested development of all things that's tremendous also shout out to sofia coppola great baby like she's yes, doing she some is the great baby child acting in that baptism scene mm-hmm. uh and compared to that other baby that other baby is a terrible actor because that baby just cried all the time although you know what actually it worked out great because it did lend I it made those scenes wanted, feel very real yes there's right. the one there's always the one kid who won't stop screaming like that's true that's true but this baby a, a sophie coppola baby great Calm great as baby a cucumber, acting. like what's this stuff you're putting on my face yeah okay <laughs> That's my spot but, on. But she did it all internal. That's how good of a baby actor so she was. Subtle. If only she could hang on to the. She 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 was too rusty by the time she got got to Godfather she Part sure Three. Was, she had been out what? of the business as a baby actor she, for too long. She interpreted it instead in her directorial skills. <laughs> she sure did. Uh, so I'll end with this. 
there was a great deal of mooning on set, started by James Caan and Robert Duvall. In an effort to break some tension during a rehearsal for the first scene, the pair mooned Francis Ford Coppola, Marlon Brando, and Salvatore Corsito, and Caan told Time Magazine, my best moon was on 2nd Avenue. Bob Duvall and I were in one car and Brando was in another. So we drove up beside him and I pulled down my pants and stuck my ass out the window. Brando fell down in the car with laughter. And they said that it got to the point where every time you turned to open a door, you expected to see someone's behind. Al Pacino got in on the act. And he said, in a scene where I sit behind a desk, wardrobe made a big fuss about getting me a shirt with a smaller collar. So while everyone's looking at the shirt, I took off my pants. So when I came up from behind the desk, I got a laugh, even though we had to do the scene over. And the ultimate moon came when Brando and Duval mooned 400 cast and crew members during the shooting of the wedding scene. Oh, my God. They had it planned out carefully. And Khan, who overheard the plan, started to shout, no, no, not here. But apparently everyone working on the production and most of the extras roared with laughter, though some of the older ladies did not appreciate the view. And Brando was crowned best prankster designated by a heavyweight style leather belt with the title moon champion no no it's too good i'm so glad i know this (laughs) me too amy joe jeff what are you recommending this week I'm going to take a hard left and recommend a musical theater album, uh, which uh, I'm recommending A Strange Loop, which won the Pulitzer in, I don't know, what is time, like two years ago. And uh, it is by Michael R. Jackson. It's really tremendous. I, I suggest you check it out. It's pretty phenomenal in um, for a lot of reasons, but also in that there it's very rare for musicals to win the Pulitzer and even rarer for something to win that has not yet been on Broadway. Mm. Um, it, it's a real testament. I mean, it, it's one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen a lot of theater listener and uh, the recording is so good. I mean, man, can this cast sing? And it's a it's it's a really unique show that uh, I I hope more people continue to get into, um, especially as we're shut down and it cannot transfer anywhere. Jeff, Amy, Joe, what are you recommending? Uh, well, considering this is Oscars month, I was like, oh, I guess maybe I I could recommend some of these films that are nominated for these Oscars yeah. that are coming up. So uh, I want to recommend another round, which is nominated for best foreign language film of the year and best director. Uh, for uh, Thomas Vinterberg. Uh, it's this film starring uh, Mads Mikkelsen as one of a quartet of teachers who decide to test a theory that they will improve their lives by maintaining a constant level of alcohol in their blood, uh, which is somewhat amusing until it is very much not. Uh, I just think it's a brilliant film. I, the ending had been being circulated, not to spoil it, but... Uh, it might be one of the best endings to a film that I've seen in quite some time. And seeing it with the whole, which I thought just watching up apropos of nothing, I was like, this is an amazing way to end your film. And that's why I was like, I got to see what comes before it. And I got to tell you, having like seen now the two hours that come before it, I was like, oh yeah, this is an amazing film and a perfect ending. Uh, and Mads Mikkelsen probably should have gotten nominated for an Oscar as well. Cause he's, in, I mean, he's always incredible. I mean, he's as Hannibal and Casino Royale, of course, are like his big 
showier things that we know from stateside, but uh, he really is remarkable in this film. So it's on Hulu right now as of this recording. I don't know how long it'll stay there, but it might still be there if you check it out. So I'm recommending another round. And that's what we're recommending this week. Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. Do you want to know what movie we're talking about on the pod next week so you can prepare? Well, then follow us on Facebook or Instagram at and almost starring, and we'll let you know. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Joe Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred.